Hey everybody and welcome to episode 525 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host Michael Raparas coming to you from the AKD Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you wanted to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com slash laser time and join us at the $20 level. Who's joining me now? Dave Eater, Chris Anthony. <laughs> and Matt's not here this week, so special guest number one. Uh, well, if I had a million dollars, you know what I'd do? Control two characters at the same time, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm Dave Rudden. Yeah. Dave Rudden. <laughs> special guest, Dave Rudden. Uh, and other special guest, Greg Moore, plus his trusty companion, Booze. controlling both greg moore and booze at the same time fantastic i'm I'm working on it i I very rarely do this but before the show because we record late on my end uh i saw fast x tonight which was not only excellent do you guys have D-Box seats? They might go by another name, but like they vibrate and oh, the 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 roller coaster seats for adult children. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's like. I know I've seen those high-end things for, like, gaming, and now I've, I've been in those seats, like, several times, and they're always, like, a mild, like, eh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. The revving engines of Fast, like, this was fucking amazing, and I wanted to, <laughs> I want to, I want a vibrating seat for my games all day long, but I'm also kind of nauseous. Yeah. You didn't spill any uh, whiskey on these seats, right? No. No, I did accidentally <laughs> come, though. <laughs> no, no, actually, I like, I got... I got a new beer and just put it in a cup holder without taking a sip. It made a gigantic mess. Uh, big hats off to yeah. Jason Momoa for basically giving Fast and the Furious their Joker character. Oh. Like, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I'm here to cause chaos. Yeah. Enjoy. All right. Sounds cool. We are here this week with a top five that Greg suggested. And a bunch of Sony news to talk about. Oh, oh tons of Sony news. We just had a state of play, and it, uh, you know, the cavalcade of commercials blew our socks off. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's great. But we do have a top five that Greg came up with. You know, you suggested this, and it's like, oh, yeah, we've got something similar in the hopper, but you came up with like some things that I'd missed. So it's like, now we have more than five examples. We can do this. Yay. Uh, so yeah. it is, it which, is, which got my idea rejected. I still want to do it someday. Top five games that had the balls to come out a week after a Zelda game. Mm. You silly. <laughs> it was not that interesting because especially around Ocarina, like nobody gave a fuck. They just released like 18,000 great games. Yeah. Like yeah. also Majora's would eventually Mask, buy them. Yeah. Majora's Mask, I think came out the same week as the PS2. So it was like, mm. yeah. so other stuff's Fantavision. coming out. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, Fantavision. I'm so mad. Another bouncer. Mm-hmm. Another bouncer. <laughs> So yeah, at the risk of repeating Dave's joke, hey Lawrence, uh, what would you do if you could make your perfect game? I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. <laughs> yeah. Or any gender. Yeah. So the, this topic is going to be games where you control two characters at once. And by that, I don't mean like Tails following Sonic around. You're not controlling like, you know... Uh, two characters, but you only really control one. Yeah, it's not Fuck off, Matt. Matt's away at magician practice again. Yeah, not so. not characters where one can tag in the other. Like you're not swapping between them. They are 
always under your control at all times. You have mm. to control both of them and be aware of them simultaneously. So Mickey Mouse Capade is out? Oh, Mickey Mouse no. Capade is out. That falls Thank into goodness. the first category. Even though <laughs> you have to be aware of Minnie's body because if you aren't, you both fall off the cliff. Unbelievable. It's like yeah. giving Mickey a snake long tail yeah. of a hitbox. <laughs> it's so stupid. Wonder and if that's Knuckles how Chaotix it... is not on this list either. No, 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 no. I just like saying Knuckles Chaotix. But that sounds like it I probably would have been good. Yeah, I forgot about that. Like the two characters connected by a ring, and yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be a fun list. So give me my lots of Sony news to get into, plus Lego 2K Drive and Warhammer 40K Bolt Gun. Sadly, not Gollum. We we didn't get a copy in time for this recording, but we'll talk about it next week. But before that happens, let's begin with number five. gotta be genesis that's right? how you start <laughs> the top five list <laughs> yeah what uh, game is this greg that's ranger x which was the uh, the main what? uh inspiration for the idea ranger x <laughs> i'd never heard of this game until you brought it up really I, I, oh, well man. i was not a genesis kid um oh, so yeah. i missed out on it but yeah, Ranger X is a side-scrolling shooter where you play as a mech that is accompanied as, at all times by a vehicle, either like a motorcycle or some sort of flying jet thing that hovers overhead. Uh, you can combine with it and, and just become one unit rolling around, or it'll follow you around. Or if you have a six-button controller... You can make it move left and right directly. Whoa! Uh, that's by hitting such buttons. a fucking thumb in the eye. To <laughs> you got to buy another controller uh -huh. to play this game. Well, no, I mean, it... you can play it, but to play it properly, you were buying that oh. controller for the uh, Street well, Fighter, Street Fighter II yeah. Special Eternal Championship Champions, Edition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up. I didn't have the six-button controller growing up. I only had the three-button, and they they found a way to basically make it work with just three buttons. It's you just have more direct control over the bike all the time with the six button. Yeah. So it's, it's more, and the, like, it's not that useful even to control the bike. It's not, but it's a neat but idea. It's a, cool, it's a very cool feature if you yeah. have the control. Thankfully, you don't have to worry about the bike getting damaged. Uh, it'll, it'll just follow along and it'll shoot when you shoot. So, but the, the weirder thing is that your character, like, the A button shoots to the left and the C button shoots to the right and then the B button like will do like a flamethrower or some other special ability. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This so game has the biggest beam I've ever seen in a video <laughs> game, I think. Mm. You you might not have seen it if you only looked at like a few minutes of footage, but in like the fourth or fifth stage, you get a you get a cool weapon in every stage as you go. And this it's just this it's one of those beams like you you see in a lot of Sega games where like it, for a few seconds it like sucks in air oh, yeah. and then just screen wide beam from top to bottom. The Yamato effect it's, with the wave motion gun or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> the, the whole game is just it like to me it embodies the whole Sega Genesis thing. It's kind of mm. gritty. It's it's got like high cool factor. It's got lots of wee wee sounds. Oh yes, it in, does in the soundtrack. 
Uh, and just a lot. It's just full of interesting, weird mechanics. Like in yeah. addition to controlling a flying mech and a robot motorcycle at the same time, <laughs> you're also uh, this is easy to miss too. You're also solar powered. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> okay, how uh, forward thinking? Yeah. So you have a special move, right? Or you have all these special weapons, and they're all fueled by an energy gauge, which goes down when you use the weapons. Uh, but it replenishes when you're exposed to light. Uh, and in, in the first stage, you don't even notice because the whole stage is outside, so you're always mm. exposed to light. The second stage is in a cave, because every video game in history has to have a cave level. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and, uh, like, lo and behold, you start using your special weapon, and your meter isn't recharging itself. So it's like WTF at first. But then you discover these little spots where you can shoot out the ceiling. And it, it releases a little beam of, like, sunlight coming through the rock. Oh, neat. And it kills Dracula. And if you stand in the beam, you get your energy back. It's so cool. Yeah. And then each stage after Bear, that... I need the hammer of dawn now. God, you sounded <laughs> like Genesis soundtrack right there. I did. <laughs> it was Sonic through the Genesis film. <laughs> Jelly dogs. <laughs> or Vince McMahon. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. And also this had something neat that was unusual at the time, especially on Genesis, which is like pseudo 3D wireframe graphics. Like it wasn't quite polygons, but it did kind of resemble Star Fox and it was doing like a lot of 3D like, oh, you're you're seeing this this map of this building and but there's a pit and you like go into a first person view uh, into the pit. And like it's so soothing to listen to these bits <laughs> And like, oh man, it's just like, you know, really trippy and that gentle soundtrack and going down into the hole. And then the worst fucking iPhone ringtone goes off. Thought about that. Oh, that's what, that's what I, that's what it sounds like in a dog's ear when the shot comes. Yeah. <laughs> Those wireframe sequences, as as far as I've seen, they actually if you play this on a Nomad, the portable Genesis, it'll oh, yeah? crash the system. Oh, fun! What? <laughs> it's high tech. Well, apparently, there's also a cheat that lets you freely control the camera during those sequences. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Oh, well, you're, cool. I guess you're controlling the ship, but uh, that's neat. That's it's kind not of not only looked. It looks like what the Blaster Master sequel should have been. Hmm. Yeah, it is like it's like a cooler Blaster Master, isn't it? It yeah. doesn't have the exploration though. But yeah. um mm. in addition to the actual 3D wireframe stuff, the game has some of the best parallax effects mm. on the Genesis that look 3D. They look really cool. There's like a I don't even know what you call it. You're in like some kind of bunker with these tunnels that like these mech sphinx things come out of at the screen oh damn uh and as you as you're driving past them on your bike the perspective like it looks like you're looking down a tunnel head on oh that's cool and uh it's just it's worth checking out on youtube if you even if you don't play the game look for the parallax effects they're very cool I just played a little bit. I didn't get that far, but I uh, haven't up till this mm-hmm. point. But that's why we have Greg on to bring up shit like Ranger. <laughs> <X>. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like it didn't really get the like. It, it never really went down as like one of these flagship canonized Genesis games, but it really mm. should have. You know, it's one of the most impressive things the Genesis ever did, and it also just embodies the spirit of the system so well. I love that Greg is such a like knowing Greg, <laughs> like you. You only had a Genesis, or your brothers yeah. kind of lorded over the Nintendo, but like you, 
Yeah, you love the Genesis. We had well, it was just yeah, we had the NES, and but and then we were late, late adopters to the Genesis in like '94, and by then it was just my brothers were kind of they were just kind of outgrown video games. So that was the one that I guess I kind of inherited. Love that. It's good. You're like the, one of the only Americans that had this experience. Really? <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, yes. I mean, just look, I was looking at the, the box art, and I worked at a, a Funko Land that turned into a GameStop, and I swear I saw pretty much every Genesis and Super Nintendo game that came out, and this one does not look familiar whatsoever. So it had to be yeah, a bit of a rarity. It's such a shame. I think it was 93, which yeah. was like uh, kind of late for the Genesis. That was like year four. But it was also like a really sweet spot for the gen. Yeah. That's when, and, and like, that's one of the things that uh, I feel like is really key to the like the story of that system is that the by the end of the Genesis lifespan, it was doing stuff way more impressive than what mm-hmm. it was doing at the beginning. You know, like yeah. uh, So when as late adopters, like all the stuff that I grew up seeing on the Genesis was like the the cream of the crop stuff after they'd figured out how mm. to get all this more power out of it. Where it wasn't just like an altered beast golden X machine. <laughs> right. Blast yeah, she's very flat looking games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, you got Vector Man and uh was it hard driving the uh the three D polygon thing? Right. Yeah. There were yes, there I were a few was there was like well, later you had Virtua Racing, which mm. uh did have a Yikes. well that was I forget the story there. I think it was is that 32X, but there was a Genesis version? Yeah. There yeah. was a Genesis version, but, like, the arcade version was the impressive thing. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, my God, yeah. they're going to bring that home to the Genesis? Oh, yeah. But, you know, was like... smaller than each of our uh, our Zoom windows. We're not on <laughs> You get the picture. Yeah. Stuff like Gunstar Heroes and oh, uh, yeah, Castle- yeah. Castlevania Bloodlines. The greats. The greats. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's move on to something that might not be as great as Ranger X, but I think sticks out way more in people's minds when you mention two playable characters at the same time. Number four. going to say right now there's going to be a lot of annoying sounds in this segment two characters or 17 (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like a lot more than two isn't it i know what it is i think i know what it is i don't know what what it is but it sounds like it's got to be the makers of dark souls and bloodborne (laughs) (laughs) uh is it cookies and cream That that victory jingle just cuts off by itself, by yeah, the way. I, I, I think it's still the best example yeah. of, like, this is the best way to control two characters at the same time. You're, it is a maddening I mean, game. Yeah. Uh. It, it, like, well, so for one thing, I think this game, uh, I may be wrong, but I think you can use two controllers if you want you to. You can. You can. But the, but, the default single-player mode is you control each character with an analog, a different yeah. analog stick, and then, like... They each have an action and a jump, and those are mapped to the shoulder buttons. Yeah, I mean, like, because I think you like you could conceivably play this, you know, co-op. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I personally played it, you know, with one controller because I thought, like, oh, it'd be cool to try to control two characters at the same time with one controller. I also had it in my mind as a 19-year-old. I'm like, well, you know, I'm gonna start, you know, 
bringing girls home and we can share the controller. Uh, lo and behold, that did not become a factor for quite a while. But, um, yeah, I just thought the, the concept was really cool. The, and it, it, it is like the, the PlayStation controller always has been like, one of the more symmetrical controllers there is, like even the yeah. D-pad is con- kind of the same to the the triangle, square, X, yeah. circle thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it worked really well for this game. Yeah, I think I, I played this a bit this afternoon, and it's like this strikes me as being like a game designed to get an annoying brother and sister to <laughs> get along and work together. Yeah. And it's like, you have to depend, like, if you're playing this two-player, you have to depend on each other, because so much of the game is just like, oh, Cookie can open a pathway for Cream, or uh, by, by hitting this, this button, and, like, a drawbridge will come down, or Cream can, like, push these logs on her side of the screen over onto Cookie's side of the screen, and uh, he can he can then jump over them like, like it's Frogger or something. Uh, and, like, distances in this are kind of hard to gauge, and so you yeah, will like there's a lot of bits where you have to do like a jump onto a small platform that's a little bit out of the way because everything's timed so it's like you want to pick up time bonuses and and then you'll end up just like you know falling into the water but that's okay you'll just lose some time and move along it's just really kind of chaotic and silly if you're trying to play it by yourself like you are having to split your attention on both sides it's of the really screen. really yeah like i i can't think of any other game like that where it's kind of You've got to coordinate two different things on two different screens that use the two different halves of your your own hand or your mm-hmm. your, your body, I guess. But yeah, I, I guess it really. Needs <laughs> I, I I remember like uh, right when I got a job in the games industry, like uh, uh yeah, previews here. Does anybody want to take uh, it's cookie and cream, mm-hmm. the DS port, and like fuck yeah and i just like it just like it was one of my first appointments that i i jumped at and uh and i just met people i would see again for like 10 15 years starting out repping cookie and cream uh from software game by the way oh wow yeah so well, you're right why, it, is, it is the dark yeah, souls people. i brought that up earlier. i thought you were just was... making a joke about the masochism <laughs> of the game <laughs> it's actually that. is from soft and i yeah. like was, were they on your radar back then? Because no, looking, I mean for Armored Core, kind of, yeah. But not even for I will, won't even pretend for Armored Core. I just remember writing news stories about that. Like, who the fuck is playing Armored Core? I mean, um, on the on the PS2 alone, I'm very curious about like what their structure was because these are all like they did Eternal Ring, which mm-hmm. I guess was like an action RPG, and Ever Grace, also an action RPG. Arm the whole Armored Core series, Cookie and Cream. Those are all the same year. And then more Armored wow. Core, more fantasy RPGs and Kingsfield. I think uh, I, 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 in my, my head canon, and I could be incorrect about this, but I think it was from reading things, hmm. that either this was Sony pushing people, i.e. paying people, and or people like, well, we got to take advantage of this new controller. Because like the PS1... Uh, the, the, PS1 didn't come with that analog controller. Right. Like, just, just start teaching people how to use an analog controller mm-hmm. and why you need one. And this was one of those reasons, because it didn't work at all, I don't think, on the PS1 <laughs> controller, the regular one. I mean, you could, could you could have done it with a DualShock, but uh, when those yeah, came yeah, out, they you couldn't... know, for Tekken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember when Ape Escape mm. came out on the PS1 and you had to have the DualShock yeah, and it was like a little controversial, right? Because it's like I have to buy a new controller for this <laughs> mm, one yeah. game, but it did. It made a really convincing case for using the DualShock because it was so good. 
Yeah. And with the PS2, it was like all like that was all they had was like there was no non DualShock controllers, so they were. It's so silly (laughs) because my first my first console in that generation was the Saturn, and I immediately got Knights. So like, you didn't have to like. You didn't have to shake me by the shoulders to tell me about analog controls. Yeah. And then it was in the N64, and like then I got a PlayStation. Like These analog controls are so much better than either <laughs> of these consoles. Who did it first? But I, I, still, I still think this game is pretty great. And it, it makes me nostalgic for that period where I got in the games industry. I'm like, oh, yeah, everything I ever played was important. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna port this to this and that. All right. So how did it work I, with uh with the DS? Was it like could because yeah. you'd still use like sort of the same like the D pad? No, because yeah. actually the yeah well the D pad it'd be on opposite sides. So I, they cool. switched the screens. Well, I can tell mm. you exactly how it worked because ah. I played it. Uh, the the top screen was you just had Cookie uh, doing like the top down 3D action thing like you do in the PS2 version. The bottom screen is Cream standing there in front of, like, a set of dials and valves and things. And when wow. you reach something where you need the other character to step in, it's basically a remake of the PS2 game, where you reach, uh, you, like, hit a... Uh, I, there's this bridge, and I need to hit a button on the other side. The button will just appear on the touch screen, and you hit it. Or, like, mm-hmm. I need to pull this uh, rope to get this alligator out of the way, as one does. A rope just appears on the touchscreen, and so you just, like, drag it down until the alligator's out of the way, and you can jump over him. Whatever. Uh, but, yeah, now you know. That's how it works. It's It, it kind of loses something in the translation. This game yes. always had multiplayer through the multi-tap. You could have four players, two players controlling four characters. Whoa. Uh, and then more over Nintendo Wi-Fi if you ever connected your <laughs> DS to Wi-Fi. It was I mean, not cookies and cream, I would. I, I mean, you could try. It's still an active scene today. <laughs> I just remember how excited I was about it and like uh yeah, I don't know. Like I, I didn't I didn't realize it wasn't something the whole world wasn't excited over. I thought this game was really fun. Chris, I would have been in the same boat. Thank uh, you. But they didn't offer it to GamePro, so you know what? <laughs> from from software's loss. You guys could have given it three out of ten warhead faces. <laughs> now you Seriously. wouldn't have been in the same boat. You would have been in a boat while Chris was tailing behind, <laughs> attached to a life preserver, and throwing bombs at a giant shark. And, and should an alligator attack that boat, Chris could just pull the, the rope oh, on thought, it. Yep. Yeah, I thought Michael was going to make a joke about games radar status. Like, thank <laughs> God our building is next to IGN. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of tired representatives come here very reluctantly afterwards. All right, we're on our way to the airport. Might, Might as well. well. Yeah. <laughs> They're right there. We were in between IG and the fucking airport. Yeah. <laughs> you can't leave without coming by us. We're right here, guys. Yeah. We got 25 cent Cokes. But inside miss this building. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, cookies and cream. It's great, but I, I think this one's a little bit better and a little bit, well, it's very different in, in its approach. Number three. Or a little bit better. What is this thing? That thing will let you use a legion of your own. I really hoped you two wouldn't get caught up in all this. Damn it, Commander. Now don't go dying on me. A legion of their own, my favorite Tom Hanks movie. (laughs) (laughs) Was this Chaos Legion? This is Astral Chain. Named for the, the titular Astral Chain. So this came to Switch. And it is 
an action game where you are a raw recruit in a in a futuristic police force where like Earth has been under invasion by these extra-dimensional entities, and so humanity's been gathered on this island called the Ark. And now all these creatures are invading, and in order to fight them off, the police have been armed with their own versions of these creatures that are tethered to them by astral chains. And so you use your astral chain, you are controlling both uh, your your police officer, who's like one of two twins, whichever one you don't pick is is going to be named Akira, and is you know then goes through the game alongside you. Uh, but you you control your your officer, and you control the entity that follows along with them. So you can summon it by like hitting the the left trigger, and then you hold down the left trigger and use the right analog stick to move it, and you use a left analog stick to move yourself around. And you can do things like wrap the chain that connects you around enemies and use it to jump to different places. You can set up like Metal Gear uh, Revengeance style sword slices to cut certain barriers or energy things. It's pretty cool. Has anyone else played this? No, oh, yeah. I love it. it. Oh, good. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> there, there must be some playground version of this where, with a jump rope and two Oh, kids. probably. Yeah. <laughs> Wrap it around your uh, friends, now beat their heads in. (laughs) When you were talking about the tether, I was like, man, this kind of is like Knuckles Chaotix, isn't it? (laughs) Kind of, yeah. But it's, uh, you know, it's funny because when they first started talking about it and they started, like, the game uses the term Legion, Mm -hmm. uh, I was like, that's weird. This feels like it's like a low-key reimagining of the, like, not very popular PS2 game, Chaos Legion. I remember that. They got a bunch of sequels that were translated. No, I'm thinking of Devil Kings. Never mind. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, Devil Kings was the first Sengoku Basara game. That's right, yeah. Which is, like, their take on the Dynasty Chaos Legion was, like, a bad Devil May Cry knockoff by Capcom. It it was (laughs) Devil May Cry. Yeah. Yeah, but it had so that was one of those games that was a victim of the localization messing with the game balance mm. and making it less fun. But it's definitely still like it's a, it's at least a less good Devil May Cry. But they had the Legion system which was basically like a more primitive version of what we see in Astral Chain. Mm. Uh and I think what it really is is that there's a whole generation of Game game developers in Japan that love JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yes, <laughs> and they're always trying to work stands into their games. <laughs> mm-hmm. In fact, Capcom actually made a JoJo game on the PS2 that plays just like Chaos Legion. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the Golden Wind, um, mm. and it's yeah, just like beat for beat, all of the systems are the same. <laughs> wow. But um, yeah, with Astral Chain, it's much more sophisticated and. Um, it just all comes together better. It's a, uh, you know, I think uh, the the Switch. It's good to have a game like that on Switch because it's mm. it it speaks to that like core action gamer crowd um, in a way that well I don't know like Nintendo first party games kind of do, but this is like it's got that Devil May Cry Bayonetta thing, and of course Bayonetta is on the Switch too. Mm. But it's um, true. You know, and seeing them nail a, a, a new property and, like, do a really good job right out the gate, um, it was I was really impressed. I actually bought this with the Switch when I first got a Switch. Wow. 
Nice. This was a system seller for me. <laughs> You're so weird, Greg. I love it. I love it's talking cool. to you. <laughs> it is cool. Like this, this got really good reviews. I think it's like at what at an 87 or something on Metacritic. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the the action is really really fun. Like you have a a nightstick. You're basically beating up demons with a nightstick while your also demon partner circles around. It's it, it has a, a distinct Evangelion vibe too because like the the legion that is attached to you has like you know all this official branding all over it that somebody put on it and uh even though it's like yeah it's i'm a demon but i'm just gonna mindlessly follow you and do whatever you want me to do uh or in the words of one of the characters that's a legion hard weapon hard partner it saved my ass plenty of times this is so weird it's like i'm feeling everything it feels that means it's working it's feeling hungry <laughs> for human flesh. Yeah, the premise is like a little, uh, you know, like you're a cop with like a being chained to you that you forced mm-hmm. to f- like, do, like do cop stuff with you. It's yeah. Like, uh, I don't know about all that. You've got a big backpack. You look kind of like a Ghostbuster. If you pick the female cop, you're wearing hot pants and thigh highs, right. you know, like police officers do. <laughs> but in terms of the game design, you know, it's, what I like about it is that like apart from the action being really satisfying you have these like sort of downtime moments where you're Mm. just hanging out in the police station which is this uh it's like a really enjoyable like central hub with lots to do and there's a lot of people to talk to and they each have their own little shtick uh and then you've also got the like what i always think of as the beat cop sections where you're just there's no combat you're just like walking around helping people in like mm-hmm. a city block, and the city blocks all look really cool, like futuristic versions of Shibuya. Uh, and those parts kind of feel like Okami, hmm. which is a lot of the same creators, where you're just like walking around helping people and improving their lives, like we all uh, wish cops did. Yeah, <laughs> like like every Yakuza game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like yeah, we all walk wish around and improve really people's did. lives, like every like real mobsters. <laughs> uh, yeah, this this one was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, since you mentioned the the police station, there's also Lappy, the uh, who's, who's like a young woman who who insists on being like in character as the police station's mascot <laughs> and speaks with like a vague Texan accent for some reason. Send your legion out towards enemies that are up high or far away. Then quickly change them. You'll rocket towards them and get in a good kick if you land. Keep swinging after you land and you'll deal monster damage. Sounds easy, right? Then give it a shot. She's also the voice of the tutorial. I also like how the the thing that's chained to you kind of groans when it fights. Mm. Like, yeah, this isn't yeah. like this isn't really a friendly presence. <laughs> you know, I think any costumed uh, mascot automatically localizes with a Texan accent, and I can't explain mm. why, but I think they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that might be true. I want that. that Welcome to the Stower. This is the ever-present question among localizers. What do you do with a regional Japanese accent when you translate it? And mm. they often land on Texan. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, the, you have the, the Kansai, Kansai accent, which is supposed to Kansai. be kind of, like, rougher. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, I, I imagine, like, that 
transitions to Texan a lot. That often, time. yeah, gets lo- trans- translated as Southern. I've mm. always wondered if you could pull, well, if you could do it as like a Jersey, <laughs> Jersey or Brooklyn. That'd probably be more more accurate because, like, they, it's not like they're rural. It's considered kind of a rustic accent, but it's really more like like a tough. At, like from the from the Bronx or something that only gets automatically placed on like animated athlete's foot. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna cause this guy major itch and <laughs> irritation. <laughs> Tough Atkinson Acton takes care of New yeah. Jersey trash immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a credit on someone's resume. <laughs> I played athlete's foot. In uh, yeah, I'm the gremlin that peels up toenails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the one who infects your cuticle. Do something. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Astral Chain, fucking fantastic. Um, lots of fun. Like this, this was one I remember. Like I think I got like a couple hours into it and then pieced out and never touched it again. And like going back to it and playing some more of it. Like oh yeah, no, this is fantastic. Why did I stop yeah. playing this? I don't know. But published by Nintendo, so maybe they'll be in Smash someday. Maybe, maybe <laughs> both of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Astral and Chain. Yes. Sorry, I missed some that, of that. Uh, is it really ultimate without these characters? No, nope. they're at least so. going to be. They'll they'll be uh, whatever those things were. In There's the a fucking movie. Ice Climbers amiibo. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, well, Ice Climbers, and then they got the, the costumes that make them look like the Astral Chains. Yeah, oh, there you go. Oh, there oh, you really? go. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm surprised these characters haven't been in Smash yet. Number two. Watch yourself. Yeah. 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 Why don't you back off? Ready to die? And die. I got this. Uh, what game is this? Die is my favorite sequence of all The world ends with you. I think yeah. all the games Where on this we? list, this is the one that most requires you to have a second brain. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> you can sort of tag between, like, there's that, that energy ball that you, like, throw between your two characters during combat. So it it's an action RPG, if for some reason you haven't played it. Uh, you have one character on the top screen that uses, like, controller combos to attack. You have another character on the bottom screen that uses the touchscreen to attack. And they have, like, a big energy ball that you can toss back between them and you get like a damage bonus if the one holding it is the one attacking and then you alternate but you can you can just like you know do both at the same time if if you're wired like that (laughs) it's uh it's one of those games there were a lot of games on the ds that i feel like really made a strong case for the ds in Mm -hmm. that they like it was like this is something you couldn't do anywhere else or at least it felt that way yeah at the time and it was you know using the 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 dual screens and using the touch screen uh it had i mean it just had a great art style and uh i mean regardless of what you think of what, what's that character designer i can't believe i've um uh, tetsuya nomura yeah some people don't like that style but like well you got, like, it's, like it's, 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 i think three years of kingdom hearts it got to be very belt buckly uh <laughs> a lot of belt buckles yeah what was the style at the time <laughs> and like this game kind of also, the the character like the characters are Neku and Shiki, who kind of set the standard for uh, quote unquote vagina bones on the <laughs> DS. <laughs> like, 
Just got got those big pelvic bones with the with the really low slung mini skirt uh, that she wears. How can someone <laughs> with so many belt buckles have such low waist? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, no. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, so yeah, the 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 game centers around a character who very much does not want to have to depend on anyone. It's like it's kind of like a shonen anime trope where like ah I'm. I'm fine on my own. I don't need the likes of you. Out of my face. You're blocking my view. Shut up. Stop talking. Just go the hell away. All the world needs is me. So Neku is a jerk. Uh, he wears headphones to just not so much to look cool, although that is a cool part of his character design, but to drown out the world so he doesn't have to pay attention to people. Yeah, he does not like driver. people. And so now he's stuck in a situation, the Reapers game, where I'm like, oh, you're dead. But if you play the Reapers game, you have a chance to come back to life. But you have to work hand in hand and depend on someone in order to do it. So... He gets partnered with this girl, Shiki, who he's really mean to and doesn't particularly like. But they, they have to learn to work together and survive. It's a positive message. Um, really hoping you were going to play a song about working <laughs> together. But I think I was thinking about the Garbage Pail Kids movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like this game had background music with vocals. that mm -hmm. it was on like a maybe 10 second loop. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But... The vocals were pretty good. I think maybe some are playing did in this. Did you play Neo, the remake of it? Uh, yeah, I did. It, it doesn't really do the same thing, as far mm. as I remember. With the uh, how could it? Yeah, I mean, even even the the Switch remake. I mean, obviously, it can't oh, do that, the dual yeah. screen approach. So I, th I think it does lose something. Like you don't control Shiki or she's on screen at the same time. I forget. I was going to say I love saying the uh, the acronym Twiwi. Twiwi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean it's up there with Kotor. In mm -hmm. Codblops as like just great. <laughs> Never say the full name. Nope. Just just say the the abbreviation. It's so fun. Codblops. Codblops. <laughs> yeah, I, I called out sick for work with one of those one time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can't come in today, boss. I got the Codblops. Yeah, went yeah, to Captain D's last night. Around. Got a case of the Codblops. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's so dumb. <laughs> that's so dumb. Well, I haven't had I haven't had that since I was a Twiwi. <laughs> you're better, Dave. Uh, I've got one more clip from this. I believe it's uh, scanning monsters. So that's a thing you do. You run around in the the open world of Shibuya, where nobody can see you except shop owners for some reason, and you scan for noise, as they're called these these roaming monsters, and then you eliminate the noise. You're good as gone. Yeah, the sung background music is was pretty it's cool totally for the cool. DS. Yeah, it was totally. unusual. It's some of the best music on the DS. I would. Yeah, yeah. I, I could never finish it ever, ever, and I started it like four times. But uh, it's a very dense game. Yeah, same. Surprisingly, because it's fairly simple to play, and you know, it, it's it's a, 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 all about like fashion in Tokyo's 
in, in Shibuya, like the hot shopping district. Yeah, but if you're me and going to Shibuya to shop, mm. do you have a triple XL? Uh, <laughs> no, none this guy. Yes, I'm just uh, they 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 do the X sign and point at the door. Yeah. <laughs> Does this have the stink lines pre built in? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, the world ends with you. It's pretty fucking awesome. But I think when you say game where you control two characters at the same time, there's one that jumps immediately to mind, and it's. That is a wolf chasing the protagonist to a cliff where they jump into the rapids in which game? Brothers. Brothers. Tale of two brothers. Sons. <laughs> a tale of two sons. Uh, <laughs> that is we'll a reference for ma- nobody. <laughs> we'll all become magicians and leave the wonder in their eyes. Mm-hmm. I think we all did different brothers references there. We did, probably. Yeah, I, I did brothers from Wayne's brothers. Uh, I think you did what? <laughs> Emmett Otter? Emmett Otter. Yeah, <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> if brothers! It's democracy, democracy, we win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm at an Emmett Otter reference per show at this point. Yeah, yeah, roughly. Nobody that. mentioned Welcome to the Thing, and I'll, I'll do Emmett again. I'm at a Wayne's Brothers uh, reference per decade, so uh, oh. I'll see you guys in 2030. Awesome, awesome. Well, nice doing business with you. Um, so, Brothers: Tale of Two Sons was the, I believe, game directing debut of uh, Yosef Faris, who was who a, has, I guess, a kind of a, a pattern going because yeah. I I always mix this up with. Uh, the next one he did with the two prisoners, even though they're mm-hmm. not brothers. Right. Uh, a way out. out. Yeah. A yeah. way out. And then yeah. uh, It Takes Two, which yeah. uh, is... is did co- this both both of those are co-op always? only. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess... I, I don't know if he like just learned some lessons from this. Like, yeah, I mean... I, I love this game. Um, but maybe I think he learned, like, yep, yeah, this idea of controlling two characters, why don't you get let two people do it? Hmm. <laughs> well, did did brothers have a co op option? You know what? I don't know because no, I, no. you know, from the from the time of Cookies and Cream all the way to today, Honestly, all by myself. I, I feel like you could play this game with a second person mm-hmm. on a single controller because wasn't yeah, it divided you could do that. between left and right anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you it, totally it, could. It's weird. If it was, it was not nearly as like mentally taxing as Cookie and Cream was. But like, <laughs> this one, I just remember enjoying it. It's not that long a game. No. Um, the but Switch, it's, it's the Switch real... version offers a co-op mode. Oh, okay. okay. All right. All right. And, and yeah, like the structure I'd, I'd forgotten is kind of interesting. It's sort of like it feels like a limbo or an inside where it's just like it is a journey from point A to point B kind of unbroken. Uh, there, there are cut scenes, but everything feels like, you know, there there's not really a stop and then a passage of time or like mm-hmm. you're, you're going to a new level or whatever. It's all just kind of one unbroken path through the game and uh it, it's these two brothers an older one and a younger one who are trying to find a cure for their sick father uh their names i think they've never really given officially but if you actually listen to their simlish talking like it's naya and naye naya being the older one they meet a lot of 
cool, fantastical stuff. They hop into an inventor's flying machine and have to direct it by shifting their weight to from one end to the other. Yeah, so that's kind of neat. You're just sitting there with, like, you know, a, a brother map to each analog stick, like, shifting both to the right, both to the left. Uh, now we need to balance it out. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But I've always gotten the sense that uh, there's a, a lot of game designers were, who were influenced by um, Another World. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see it. You're, that style, You've got too, a very yeah. simply presented game. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got, like, Holy a couple shit. button inputs. I would have loved to have a second player. <laughs> Like helping me out with, it. I, I know yeah. what to do. They just have to, why do I have to walk over to this? <laughs> so you're on this seamless journey, but what you're doing scene to scene changes. Mm-hmm. But they never have to tutorialize anything. You just intuit what you're supposed to do. Yeah, uh, and I feel like that really, sh- like, like it was a really smartly designed game. And you occasionally see someone try to do their version of it, and this is definitely that. And I feel like they really nailed it. You know, it's this that same thing where like. You've got all these great set piece moments where you're doing a specific action that you never repeat again, uh, but you do it all with the same basic controls that only use half the controller per brother, right? So it's mm-hmm. like uh, it's very smart and elegantly designed, and they don't like have to get in your face with lots of tutorialization. So it feels very lean the whole mm-hmm. way. You can play yeah. through it in like what, like a sit, like one or two sittings. About that, yeah, it's, it's yeah, like maybe a two, three-hour game. But it's very emotional in that time frame. Oh yeah, you'll, yeah. You'll, you'll cry Especially out of both brothers. eyes. And there's there's so so much like much <laughs> more death than I remembered. Like I, I remember there is you know some death, but like like oh this character is so cute. Why does he have to die? Oh no, <laughs> stuff like that. And uh, yeah, but it, it it does. Like give evoke a lot of warm fuzzies, especially like there's that troll at the beginning that you think is going to be a threat, and you, you find out like, oh, he's friendly, and uh, you know he he wants your help with something, and so you're <laughs> traveling around with this big troll companion, and like, oh, he wants us to save his wife who's being held captive by this other troll ogre guy with like a big club, and so you get to outwit him and dump him down a hole, and. Yeah, lots, lots of big, cool set pieces. Uh, and yeah, that was his debut as a game maker, as far as I know. And it kind of put Starbreeze Studios on a whole different path mm. where it's like, yeah, we do the games like that and we do Payday <laughs> pretty much right now. But, oh, it's the same team as Payday? Oh, that's funny. Mm, well, same studio. I don't know if it's the same team. But ah. yeah. But those other follow-ups you mentioned were that, like... Really well done, right? I, yeah. I haven't played It Takes Two, but I hear people rave about it as like yeah. one of the best co-op games. Oh, those actually weren't made by Starbreeze. I guess Yosefaris went off and, and founded Hazelight Studios and did A Way Out and It Takes Two. I, I've asked people to play It Takes Two with me the same way <laughs> I always imagined at my lowest hitting on women. Are you okay? I'm going to go over here. Okay, will you? No. Okay. Will you? No. Okay. And like, I just can't get anybody to like... It's it's kind of a long experience to like mm. get someone else to do, but it won the game of the year, game of the year awards. <laughs> That's true, <laughs> yeah. And we haven't even uh, tried it because <laughs> you know because we can't. Yeah, 
Was Chris, it? I'll take you up on it takes two. If you, I, I actually felt the same with way with a way out. Like I actually yeah. bought that before it got on Game Pass and all mm. that. And I'm like, oh, never actually, never, never even launched the game because I'm like, I never found that other person. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember like I, I had the balls to do it like one night, and that was like either on Reddit or the LTC community, and I still couldn't find. What system is it on? Like, just never mind. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Did they do the same thing with a way out where you? Only had to have one copy, and you could play co-op. I think so. Yeah, mm, that sounds that familiar. was smart. Yeah, if I recall. Mm, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. Or, or they, like there was a code you could give to a friend or something. Yeah, like yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, brothers, a tale of two sons. Yeah, I think it's it it hits more emotional highs than a lot of these highs and lows in a lot of these games for sure. Oh, and uh, you haven't finished Cookie and Cream, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't seen the big death when, scene at the end. Of they meet. Cream. They meet. You milk. defeat the big Mega Gator, mm-hmm. yeah. and, no, I, <laughs> and you find out it was only protecting its babies who will starve now. Um, I am your father, Cookie, but not Cream. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, that's been our top five. <laughs> Top five games where you get to control two characters at the same time. Uh, this was this was a fun one to go down the list with, and and yeah, I think we we left a few on the table. Uh, Ib and Ob, lovers in a dangerous space time. Uh, I still feel like I'm forgetting a huge one, and I can't like mm. I, I'm coming up dry. But if, someone please tell us. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was I was like I I feel like. There's there's something where you're like controlling a game in first person and then uh, you're controlling another character in third person at the same time. Uh, what the f- did I just dream that? Is that like an asymmetrical co-op game? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I was I had I was thinking of Rad. You remember that game? Oh my gosh, that game's amazing. Mm, but yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. know that you actually control the robot yeah. and the person at the same time, or if you have to. Is that, is that the one where you BMX dance to "Send Me an Angel" at the prom? <laughs> That's the movie. I'm sorry, <laughs> but like Rad is the like the seed that from which comes uh, EDF, like right. all the Earth Defense yeah. Force games. That before those, uh, they made Sandlot. I think it's yeah, company. Sandlot. Yeah, they specialized in games where you play a, a normal sized person fighting large things. It's it's basically EDF, but you control like a giant the uh, robot, yeah. but you have to make sure you're in a. Uh, sorry, I'm going to go off on a, a rad tangent here. <laughs> right. But you have to find where you're piloting it, so you can't just be on the ground because you're, you're looking up at this giant robot and you can't properly fight that way. Um, i got to find out a top five, a way to get fit that yeah. in the top five. But, That's like, a rad tangent, Dave. Yeah. Uh, also, it's uh, the final Enix game. Oh, wow. Before oh, it was wow. Enix. Oh, yeah. that's cool. So, yeah, I know a lot about rad. Yeah. Um, I guess <laughs> Moss so People say I don't, but I do. Moss would kind of count because you are both mm. yourself and That's you are true. also controlling Moss, the little mouse creature. And, uh, yeah, oh, Ms. Splosion Man had a oh. two girls, one controller mode that you, <laughs> you have to unlock. I don't know how, but, uh, yeah, the idea is you, you're playing two Splosion, Ms. Splosion Mans. You at have the to same watch time. the developer shit in two Brazilians' mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And on that note, we should probably take a little break. Dave, we're going to lose you for the second half. Is there anything you'd like to plug anywhere you'd like to direct people to see more of you? Well, anytime I'm on a podcast with uh, Greg Moore, I always have to say, watch Freaked. Amazing movie. And I'm at Dave Rudden on Twitter. All right. Thank you for joining us. So we're going to go out with The Kinks and Strangers. And uh, when we come back, we've got a ton 
of games to talk about. Uh, Lego 2K Drive, Shinobi Non Grata, bunch of cool stuff, plus all that lovely Sony news. Stay tuned. Get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. 1978, they're shooting Superman 1 and Superman 2 back yes. to back. I'm kind of becoming comic obsessed in the early to mid 80s. I think Superman 3 is on the verge of coming to video, but basically I could just rent the first two over and over again. So I watched those over and over and over again. And to me, they they warm my heart. And by the time the Donner cut came out in, what are we talking, 06? Coin- 06, I think, yeah. To coincide. Like, I watched it and like, you know, I read this is technically better. I was a little kid. I didn't know what happened. I didn't want this version. It, I felt nothing when I saw it because, like, this is just not the n- nostalgic version I have for Superman. And Steve has an, an experience I'd like to talk about. It's hard to call any of these movies good because they're all bad and pee in the eye of Superman and, and everything you know about it. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our second segment, where we're just going to... We've got a lot of these to talk about, so I'm not going to delay, or, you know, I'm just going to move things along and play the sound that leads us into that segment known as... Lego 2K Drive uh, is a semi-open world driving game set in the world of Lego, uh, set in the world of the Lego movie, judging by the the sense of humor and the writing in it. There's a lot of goofiness, but the, the cool thing about it is that your Lego racer, whatever you want to call it, your car will transform automatically to adapt to whatever terrain you're on. So if you veer off of a paved road, it will immediately turn into an ATV or other off-road vehicle that you have selected. If you fall into the water, it turns into a boat. And the uh, the goal of the game is to get up to the sky race. So I assume that it turns into a plane at some point as well. But it's it's pretty cool. It looks great. I'm, it's I'm only, charming. I thought... I'm only a little disappointed. I thought it was a licensed game and I was going to be able to kill Lego Albert Brooks. It's a reference to the movie oh, Drive that I, I don't think many people remember, but it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I got it. I got it. That would have been pretty awesome. Uh, Lego Albert Brooks. How would that even look? <laughs> Instead, everything is awesome because it's Lego. Yeah, there, there is a bit early on where, like, you know, you're being introduced to the bad guy and he just, like, comes up on in this gigantic racer right next to you and it's like, being a no-name nobody who suddenly 
And he slits your wrist yeah. through mm-hmm. your shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just oh, he he was Albert Brooks the whole time. Uh, so yeah, that, you mean to tell me I have square feet? Why do I sound like Richard Nixon? You <laughs> <laughs> do old. sound alike, don't you? <laughs> Sometimes. Finding Nemo this week on thirty twenty ten. The Lego 2K it's pretty great uh, if you're looking for a racing game. Warhammer 40K ah, Bolt Gun. Oh, the one I'm, oh, the one I'm looking this. forward to. Love it. Love it. It is a, uh, I guess they're called boomer shooters now. Yeah, it a, seems like the maturation of boomer shooter to like, mm-hmm. this isn't just nostalgic. It is like an, you know, that un, that, that like unchecked branch of what if this type of game kept going where 3D yeah. game where you shoot 2D things. Well, it really feels like oh. somebody came up with a, like a Warhammer Quake mod. Like everything is kind of boxy. Uh, all your enemies are flat 2D pixels, and you know it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, once you reduce them to a pile of gore, you will you can straight circle strafe around them; they will turn to face you uh, because you always have to be looking at the pixels head on. Uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty great. You're a space marine, and you're assisting with an Inquisition. And this means you get to drop down and just blast the shit out of a bunch of heretics. You, your primary weapon is a chainsword, uh, which you can basically, like, you hold down the left trigger if you're playing with a controller, and you will draw it back and time will freeze. Like, slow down to a crawl for a second while you pick your target, and once you do, you will just race directly to them, chop them with the chainsword... Usually that's enough to obliterate them in one hit with the rank and file enemies. You also have like a bolter, the the titular bolt gun, and uh, can just waste anything from a distance. It has auto aim basically. So like if you're aiming in the general right direction, you will probably hit. So it is really just about move fast, wreck shit, don't think too hard about it. And uh, very very old school style shooter, but really fun. Right up my fucking alley. If it, yeah. it wasn't for Zelda, I would be playing this right now. Is it on consoles or is it just PC? yeah? Okay, but at least there. Xbox. Yeah, yeah. Go check that out. If any of what I said, I sounds mean, like actually, the the forty k Warhammer forty k games are all pretty great. Yeah, generally, it's just I don't give a fuck about Warhammer. It always takes yeah. me like years later in a sale to like get me to play one of these things. I feel like that's a very rarefied breed. Warhammer forty k fans. Most of them are English. But uh, there's still quite a lot over here. Right. I, I just could never get into it. The whole, like, you know, you've got the rigid fascist uh, theocracy on one side with an immortal emperor. And then you've got the, the orcs that just speak like Cockney gangsters for some reason. <laughs> they, they are the original Republican space marines. And yeah. Yeah, where basically. like gears unironically gets itself from. Yeah, absolutely. And and you there is a there is a taunt button where you can uh, just randomly have your space marine scream things like "My armor is contempt." <laughs> so it's great. It's great. I remember it. when Warhammer Space Marine came out, and it was like, you know, they kind of invented that. But by the time that game came out, mm-hmm. it was like, oh great, weird. now Warhammer's doing the space. Yeah, it is weird, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It is a giant gears ripoff, but it's solid in like, hey, they kind of created this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, absolutely. That's that's totally fair. You played Planet of Lana, which well, is on very, Game very Pass. Uh, what kind of game is it? I know nothing. Uh, I had to tr- quadruple check. It wasn't made by uh, the Limbo and Inside people because it feels like a play dead game. Oh, okay. But is 
so far, like, it made me think of a potential top five. Like, my favorite depiction of an... It's very slow, and look at my family and my friends and the world I live in, and very quickly an alien invasion happens, and you have to, like, with no weapons, dodge aliens in a 2D environment. And uh, I love its depiction of an alien invasion. Like, immediately all your friends and family are abducted. Uh, Mm. Not as horrifically as something like Inside, Mm. But, uh, yeah, it's very much like whatever you would call that type of game. Okay. Uh, art, indie, 2D game. I, I only got to spend like half an hour with it. But I got like three achievements, so it's on Game Pass. Go for it. Cool. I, I will check that out. Uh, Star Trek Resurgence. Let me ask you guys a question. You like Star Trek. Yeah. You like Telltale games. Well, only the Abrams version. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it's it's a Star Trek Telltale style game, basically. Uh, you play as like you said. Like, why why did this take so long? That's like, a good talking question. is most of what talking is the superpower in most Star Treks. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and it is it is here too. Um, I played a little bit of this. You play as two different characters. There's like a first officer that's joining this research vessel. Commander Jera Rydek, and then you also play as this uh, young engineer, and the perspective goes back and forth as the chapters advance, and you can kind of decide how you're going to play things, how you're going to make your first impressions on the crew. You're going to be like a slacker engineer, or like a really dedicated brown noser, or are you going to be like a humble officer, or a hody one? I have the option (laughs) to put a bunch of unnecessary pauses in. My speech. Yes. Would that be? <laughs> Buy my book. Buy my book. Um, that's that's a different character. Yeah. Is it though? <laughs> but a great MST, new MST3K reference they use multiple times in the new season. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, Star Trek seems like one of the hardest franchises to adapt to a game, and this seems like one of the best ways to go about it. Hmm. Yeah, and it's. It's it's pretty good, and you know, I I was kind of impressed. Like, all oh, the faces look really good. The the spaceships, like, the, there's a lot of outer space sequences where like the camera pulls back, and you get to see ships and planets and things moving around. Like, those are really cool. The animation's a little bit stiff overall, but you know, it's not an action game. You're not really playing it to move characters around so much as to have them talk to each other, solve Sounds problems. Like Telltale, yeah. <clears throat> These are great before bed games. Mm, yes, I used to go. I used to when I had a TV in the bedroom. I used to play the Sam and Max game. I always fall asleep during gameplay, but it was great for unwinding. I totally agree with you because it's not. It's not going to amp you up and keep you awake for the most no. part. Uh, there's a lot of thinking and reading in mm-hmm. this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Convergence: A League of Legends story is a new Metroidvania. With the League of Legends character Echo, the boy who shattered time, I think is his is his title. It's like a like I said, a two D Metroidvania style game, very acrobatic. Uh, your main character can rewind time whenever he takes a hit or something. So like, oh, you can uh, you can you can use that to manage your very limited solve puzzles. Like, oh, I fell off a cliff and now I'm going to have to work my way back up to where I was. No, you just hold down the rewind button. It's it's pretty fun. Got pretty good fast combat and neat 2D cartoon visuals. So... That title won't win any awards for the next two games. Hmm. Should be in contention for title. Of the yes. Year. Shinobi <laughs> non grata. 
<laughs> Greg, you would love this game. I played it a bit today. It 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 is very heavily influenced by the likes of Ninja Gaiden, with a little bit of Castlevania and Legend of Kage thrown in. Uh, wow! Oh my God! It, yeah, I need to play this. Yeah, yeah, it is really fun. Uh, you play as a ninja and. You have a bunch of sub-weapons that you just start off with and can switch between. They're all powered by the souls you collect by defeating enemies, but you have not just shuriken, but also, like, throwable bombs that have a delayed fuse and will detonate a few seconds and stick to enemies after you throw them. There is just, like, a handheld, like, you know, 16th century cannon or whatever. It acts like a giant shotgun. Cool. Bunch, bunch of cool stuff. You have a double jump. You're you're running along these linear levels, and it's kind of neat because the first level is actually divided up into three different sections, each with a boss. So like, there's this feeling of continuity. Like, okay, I killed the boss. I'm done with the level. No, it keeps going. Okay, so you keep going, and it goes from a forest into a village, and then uh, ends up at this old temple. And I have to fight a giant ghost samurai because, of course, I do. It's, it's just like Shinobi, the first game. So really I get. Cool background effects yeah i'm saying here looks like yeah it looks like a lot of good stuff i just played this game on the saturn you guys know psychic assassin taro maru it was no like, of course we do. <laughs> <Yeah>. that sounds <laughs> it was a long shot it's a it's a great saturn side scroller that was it was toward the end of the saturn's life and it had it, it had a super low print run so it became really rare but yeah, it looks like the same thing. We just go from like one crazy feudal Japan set piece to the next. Yeah, this looks very very cool. Yeah, ninjas on kites throwing bombs. Uh, it's great. It, I I really love the the very brief time I played it about twenty minutes. Um, Bread and Fred, I I threw in here mostly because like oh, it's another game where I like it had the potential. This this didn't inspire the the top five. This Strangely, week. no. It's it's just happy coincidence. But uh, I did play it enough to realize, like, so this is a game about two penguins that have to climb a mountain together. It looks like co-op Celeste, except yes. that the main characters are like tethered together by a rope. And if you play one player, you don't get to control both. You control, I think, uh, bread oh. and a rock. So the, the, the second penguin is a rock that you then have to, you know, lift up and it makes you slow and then you throw it. But then, you know, when you throw it, it'll it'll carry you along so uh, you can reach high places like that. I found that pretty difficult. I think it would be a lot easier if the second player was playing as the rock or as another penguin in place of the rock. I believe it's currently local co-op only. So if you have someone to play it with and you're looking for a neat co-op 2D uh, platforming experience, check it out. And then Middle Earth Gollum won't be out till next week, but I can't believe that's coming out. I, I can't. I, I don't know what is it. Nacon. Nacon. They're Nacon. Whatever that RoboCop game yeah. coming out, and I think a Terminator oh. game. They've just been like going on a licensing spree, and I remember like, <laughs> who are these people? And I went and looked at them, like, you have fewer subscribers than we do. Who are you? <laughs> uh, and, and and it's it doesn't just look like Gollum. It looks like Andy Serkis's Gollum. Yeah, but but like cutified with like bigger eyes, and uh, you know it's 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 more like oh Schmeagol. You know, more more sympathetic Gollum looks looks more like a cartoon character, less like a, a you know a skull with flesh on version. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my <God>. oh. <laughs> and we were talking about like man, if they'd really wanted to do something original, like 
make a Gollum game, but base it on the, the Rankin and Bass Hobbit yeah, version of the Gollum. psycho mumbling to himself. <laughs> yeah, the the cave fish looking guy. Like, yeah, it keeps keeps muttering. Or like but... like yeah, the, Peter Jackson's movies, and I, I read the book, but like. They make Gollum's My Precious seem like, oh, it's just an affectionate nickname he has for the ring, whereas like, mm-hmm. the Hobbit animated one is like, you just met a psychopath in the middle of the, the middle of a cave. Holy shit, get away from him as fast as you can. I mean, yeah, that is basically what he is. Yeah. Uh, but, but he's like long soliloquies to himself, articulate ones. It's mm-hmm. very frightening. Yeah. Brother Theodore's a terrifying man. Oh, he really was. Uh <laughs> But uh, yeah, Gollum. I you know from what I've seen, it looks to be like oh, there's a lot of climbing. You know, Gollum can jump on orcs and kill them, uh, and there seems to be a sort of some sort of moral system built in where like you can go in the direction. You know, Gollum wins this argument, or Smeagol wins this argument. Like you have to convince your other half of the right oh. course of action. So. Yeah. I'm glad WB didn't make this game. Great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we'll we'll see. It'll be out by the time this show goes live, so uh, we can true. we can check it out and if if it's cool, we'll talk about it on next week's show. I'll, I'll be putting another 100 hours into Zelda. Probably we both will. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, we have some to discuss Uh, yeah i just (laughs) i wanted to put one thing in there just because like i kind of hate the schadenfreude of it all Hmm. because in a way i'm rooting for this but it's just been like a fascinating failure the relaunch of intellivision and its amico system Mm -hmm. and i know uh Daniel posted something in the Facebook community. I know our community is kind of following just like through crooked fingers like, oh, God, this whole thing since 28. It's in five years. Five years. Wow. Tommy Tellerico was fired a year ago. But uh, in the midst of all this other turmoil, including layoffs that are so substantial, they're delaying refunds. Oh, my from, God. From the Intellivision Amico system, which was like... I want to say, in a way, I'm sort of rooting for it. It doesn't make any sense, and I never would have invested in it, but like Gen X saying like, yeah, we want games with no DLC and couch co-op, just like we used to have. Yeah. Hmm. And okay, do you really have to make a whole console for that? And like the big announcement this week in the midst of like, we're still processing your refunds (laughs) and the system still isn't out. And the uh, CEO, the new CEO, says as part of our expanded strategy, we will also bring um, the Amico experience to other hardware platforms, starting with mobile devices under the name Amico Home. Amico Home will dramatically reduce the hardware footprint needed to enjoy Amico games and provide more developers the opportunity to explore the creative potential. Blah 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 blah. Like it's like did did you already pull a Sega without ever releasing a console? Like <laughs> maybe what you the plan should have been all along was. Just make games. Maybe that's why yeah. you didn't I mean, need a console environment to do this. Yeah, thing. and and make I, the I, games you want. I get it that they thought that like, well, there isn't really a strong market for a family-oriented multiplayer-focused system anymore. Like they wanted to be the new Wii. We'll have four controllers, and it'll they'll be like phones, 
And, you know, it'll be like as easy as working your phone, whatever, or like an iPod or a Zune, whatever. Uh, but the, the games themselves, what little I saw of the prototypes that they were showing, it's like, these look like mobile games. Uh, they, they look like four-player mobile games. Their whole launch list was mobile games, yeah. like refitted for this platform. Uh, ridiculous, because uh, it's it's Coda. It's like it, it it laid down like a list of rules, and like it seemed to hate mobile games. And almost anything announced on the platform are remade mobile games. Yeah, and Earthworm Jim. So you, you and, have the. Presence of We've Doug seen Ten. Three now. seconds of that. Yeah. Three seconds of that. And now we know like it won't just be it's just so silly and, and painful to look at. But it's, you know, kind of like yeah, we're all nostalgic for a certain period. Let's say where cookies and cream can be brought back and get a <laughs> multimedia advertising campaign and uh give PR appointments. Yeah, that might never happen again, but like yeah, Tommy Tallarico had some money and wanted to make Wanted to crowdfund some shit. Like, I wanted a system like the one I liked. And he willed it, almost willed it into existence. Doesn't look look, look like it's going to happen. Never mind. The, the big news was the Sony PlayStation Showcase. And I yes. have a lot of crap written down about that. Uh, including the games and minor hardware news that was announced. Um, PlayStation Showcase. I'm going to rattle through this as fast as yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah. You guys chime in wherever. Uh... I kicked off with Fair Game, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting in that it was a multiplayer heist game, not unlike Payday, but like looks very watchdogsy. But it looks very watchdogsy, <laughs> and but like, that's what I like about it. It's targeting the one percent. Fuck these people. Mm-hmm. We're going inside billionaires' vault. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. This is eventually what I think is going to happen to society anyway. I, I like Why that, but practice? at the same time, like I, the one thought that was running through my mind is something that I read is like, yeah. When you see rebellious media like this, when that's most popular, like this actually siphons off that rebellious impulse because people get it vicariously through this and feel like, oh, something's being done in the back of their minds. I think by the time our country, given how, you know, lackadaisical we can be, we'll be out of food by the time that happens. And it's only like 10 years off. So fantastic. (laughs) Let's get ready. I'll fill the Molotov cocktails Mm -hmm. and let you kids go out and solve the problems. Um, Helldivers 2 is announced, and Michael and I were shocked it wasn't a Starship Troopers game. Yeah, but but it's it's so openly, like, you know, using that that same, like, fascist advertising aesthetic from right. Verhoeven's yeah. Starship Troopers. It, it was just the trailer, but the other, the previous game was all bug killing. I, I played it on Vita. It was one of the, the better reviewed games on Vita when I got one. Not at launch, but like when I actually got one. And the Vita version was rated higher than most of the other ones. So that was mm. the only reason I picked it up. And it was fun, and I'm a huge Starship Troopers EDF fan. Multiplayer bug killing gimme. The uh, immortal. Oh, go ahead, Greg. The stage is slowly being set, guys, for a Lost Planet reboot. It's true. Between this and Armored mm. Core coming back. Would you like to know more? <laughs> Greg, I'm going to tap into your Capcom fandom a little mm-hmm. in just a little bit. All right. Um, Immortals, a game uh, about blah, 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 but also EA origi- an EA original. <laughs> so can't imagine they the idea started there, but it's nice to see EA put their, you know, might behind their publishing might behind something with potential and th- there is a big like 
am I getting old? Like, <laughs> there was one game in here with a blue sky, and I'm like, thank God. All this fucking gray and brown and sci-fi dystopia nonsense. Oh, it was just... It, anyway, anyway, hmm. uh, Phantom Blade looks very cool. Yep. Phantom mm-hmm. Blade Boron, or with a zero cross through it. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. know what it, what it is, but it looked like I was a big fan of Wu Long. I'm not the biggest fan of historical games, but like uh, this look uh, again, it makes me feel old. Like watching this whole thing, this was mostly cinematic trailers. Am I wrong? Uh, there was a lot of them, yeah. But this looked like that has to be gameplay, and I don't really understand right. how that works. I cannot wait to see. It more. looks fast as hell. I was just really yeah. impressed. Like, is that boss using a fucking flying guillotine? Yeah. Oh my god, I've never seen that done in a game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like a, a guy fighting two people side by side on a stagecoach. Like, if that's a cutscene, boring. If I'm doing that in gameplay, exciting. Yeah. And that I want to say cool. you were. Uh, so th- th- this to me was one of like the top three games, uh, Phantom Blade. Sword of the Sea from the makers of Journey and uh, Abzu. Hmm. Just, uh, what are they, that game company? Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> I believe I that's their uh, name. Well, it said the oh, artist. It? Yeah, they said oh, okay. the artist. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's Genova Chen, the same the same uh, people making it, but that that is very much the same art style as, as Journey right. and Abzu. So, but it looks and really cool. Both those were amazing. It looks like you were... Greg, did you ever see the, the Diacon anime footage uh from that fucking anime con from nineteen eighty three where that little girl surfs a sword and, and beats up Darth Vader yeah. and Spider Man and Alien. That's what it reminded me of. I was excited. Sounds amazing. No, I haven't seen it. Uh, everybody I, I, needs I, I, to go watch the d- drop what you're doing. Go look on Daikon Daikon for uh, Daikon four yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Animated Di- intro. Daikon, like Daikon, like the radish? Greg, yes, but also like a convention. I hate Greg for uh, this because I watched this with him when we worked together. At <laughs> with David's desk. Well, with I, unlicensed I, ELO music. It's fantastic. <laughs> yes, Twilight, a fucking yeah. fantastic song. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I couldn't help but think, though, with this trailer that uh, this was like, well, I don't, I don't know if it's that game company or not, but um, the, the pedigree of this artist is making really great non-violent games yes mm. and i feel like there were a couple games like this in the showcase where it was like teams known for making non-violent games have with scarves over their noses like, and mouth and for our next mm-hmm. game we've added combat i love combat but like yeah. it just i don't know something something felt sad about that to me uh talos principle 2 Anybody else? <laughs> um, yeah, that's one I've had sitting on my computer for a long time. The, the first Talos Principle and never played. Um, my understanding was it was sort of a portal-y like game where you're solving environmental puzzles, but never really got into it. Uh, Neva is a game that kills a dog in the trailer to give yeah, you the kind of <laughs> a, a giant wolf. It's like uh, yeah, giving me Princess Mononoke vibes. And I mean, then literally wolf puppy, like uh, yeah. just uh, kills a wolf puppy right in front of you. Well, it's a giant antlered wolf, and then you know you're you're mourning the giant antlered wolf with the puppy, and it's like wow, that's really fucking sad. That's how you're going to end the trailer. You're going with a uh, with a Dead Island trailer kind of vibe. Yeah. And then it immediately went from that into Cat Quest Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> what a, what a shocking tonal a, shift. A dollar ninety nine on every platform I own, and I've never played it. But here's here's a pirate version of that. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like Catabian is the more yeah you yeah. think so, but they already got Cat in there once. So. It should have been Purrits. Purrits of the Catabian. There you go. Mm. We just solved your mark. Yeah, there's like uh, yeah Purrits. What the hell? Um, one of the things I like. Uh, Breath of the Wild broke broke a bunch of sales records, especially in Japan. And if did you click on that like to see what Japan's sale rate was for the last couple of years? And it's like Splatoon is the highest selling. Splatoon three had like a huge launch in Japan. I don't really know many people who play it over here. Again, Splatoon's a fine game. It's just not something I'm going to bring mm. into my live service life. And I was like. Well, yeah, given those sales numbers, why has no one ripped it off? Enter Squeenix with Foam Stars. Foam yep. Stars. Uh, I say enjoy it for the six months it's supported before they pull the plug <laughs> on whatever this is. It, it, it looks beautiful, but it looks like Splatoon with foam. And mm. everybody has unique special powers, including like surfing the foam. And it, it, again... Live Squeenix game. I don't know what regime it's under. Everything else they pulled the plug on in like six months. So let's let's is, the plucky shot. The plucky squire. Oh, this uh, looks really cool. Uh, it like, does. I was so like, God, this looks dumb. And then they skip outside the Earthbound looking storybook, and it becomes like a link between worlds. I wrote down meets Earthbound and uh, Gumby because hmm. uh, Gumby would travel inside books. In the midst of living in a 3D world. Yeah. Well, you leave the storybook world and then you're like in some kid's room and, you know, jump, right. you're, you're you're tiny. So you're jumping around on their desk and pushing stuff around it. Like they'd showed this at like, I think, a Devolver show last year. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, this looks really cool. And so I'd, I'd almost forgotten about it. So I'm glad this is back on my radar now because it looks neat. Yeah, it really. I was not impressed in the first like 40 seconds and like, oh, this looks mm-hmm. A beautiful 3D game where I fight through a kid's room. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Teardown, which yeah. I wrote down as Minecraft meets urban crime, which like, <laughs> great. So why not? Just kind of what it is. So I have this on PC. Mm-hmm. It's been out for some time. I guess this is the an enhanced PS5 version. And it's basically, it's a heist game. But you are, you know, you you have like a sledgehammer and various other tools, so you can just like smash through walls and stuff. But the that isn't really the object of the game. The object is to have a route ready, like say, so you know what you, you where you need to smash, where you need to grab. Then you have like thirty seconds until an alarm goes off, so you have to like you know make sure you grab everything else that you need to grab and get to your getaway van before time elapses or an alarm will go off and the cops will come. And so there's like a bunch of different elaborate ways that you can manipulate the, the, the maps and stuff like that. And like, Oh, I'm going to, this boat has this car I'm going to steal on it. So I'm going to steal the boat and then I'm going to move it closer to this other car I need to steal. And, uh, you know, it's, it's all about the strategy and trying to do this thing as quickly as you can. I, I think um, one of the last times I made Greg laugh was calling shit twee voxel horseshit. Um, but this looked fun. It, yeah. Like, very very fast, and, like, it looked like either you were creating a pathway or creating a getaway, like, constantly. Yeah, it's, it's more a getaway game than a heist game, honestly. Cool. Yeah, which is the most fun, the baby driver portion of the, of, mm-hmm. of the, the heist. I, that's who I want to be. I don't want to be the guy holding a gun to like a 20 year old clerk's face when he can be the guy in the car. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's about going... getting into the car, not so much driving the car. Right. 
Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm going in order here because this is far and away like, what? Uh, I'm calling it Metal Gear Solid Lambda Snake Eater. Yeah, Delta. Yeah. I think it was a Delta. I'm pretty sure it's triangle. Lambda. Lambda is sure. like the Half-Life symbol. I know what it is, <laughs> but it's just fun to say. That's and, true. And, and, and That's especially Googling it, realizing, earlier. <laughs> realizing <laughs> nobody fucking, none of these games writers had any idea what a Delta symbol was. Like, codename Metal Gear Triangle, like, God, you idiots. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater looks like it's getting the remake. We'd heard rumors. Yes. I'm kind of amazed. I think this is what, like... Depending on how you count it, it, this is either the second or possibly fourth Snake Eater remake. Uh, well, we have we have only had one remake of Metal Gear Solid One, and it is not playable on any modern systems. Uh, just well, saying, let's see. that would be cool. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Uh, but this had a really interesting trailer, and in that it like it's, yeah. it starts off with like a bunch of army ants trying to eat a dead frog, and then the it's frog is like. Grabbed by a bird, and then the, like there's this aerial tracking shot that reminded me of I can't remember if it's the beginning of Dark Souls or Demon Souls, where it like starts off with like this body, like extreme close up, and it pulls out, and you see that it's being carried by like some uh, winged creature. I'm not kidding. I'm gonna make a reference nobody remembers. It reminded me of the teaser trailer for Disney's 2000 Dinosaur. You're right. I Disney's don't remember <laughs> first. First, like, Pixar-ish movie. I think Pixar even put its name on it, even though it wasn't really involved. They still have a ride in Disney World. Wow. You remember that, where they're, like, stealing an egg, and they're flying all over, and, like, all these different things in the ecosystem are going after the egg? No. Why am I trying That's to describe cool. <laughs> more More than that, like, uh, I heard of a, a Snake uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 remake. I just didn't think it was going to be very substantial. And this a trailer like this gives you the idea, like... This is a, should be a very substantial remake with a trailer like that, mm-hmm. like a yeah. oh yeah, very modern. It but I'm not gonna, super cool. It's probably going to be like the Silent Hill two remake, like a full yeah maybe. I, I mean, it seems like that's the in thing now. I think they're probably looking at Capcom pretty closely, mm-hmm. and like the lessons with Capcom. I don't know if you guys played RE four remake. Oh yes, but oh yes. I I think. Uh, a lot of, I don't know if it's a lot, but oh, people I've talked to about that game were like, yeah, it's good. It just doesn't really feel like it needed to happen because it's like four is still, pretty still holds up pretty well. And this is pretty close to four in a lot of ways. Uh, but it doesn't really matter if it needed to or not because yeah. it's selling like hot. Do you want more RE4 or not? <laughs> I, I, yeah, exactly. I, would, I would only disagree as someone who played through Metal Gear 1 and 2 numerous times and then missed the launch of three and then went back and played it later. Like I love Kojima, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it was just like, Holy shit. Somebody should have reined this in. This is a lot of indulgent nonsense and very obtuse gameplay. Like you don't really do anything for fucking hours, hours go by without you doing anything in that game. And, and I've started it so many times because you hear it's great. The story is great can't get through it man it is fucking agonizing like nine hours to start learning how to play the game 
Great. In, in three, I'm horrible at three. I like. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Like three is very cool. It has a lot of great yeah, moments. I, I I loved it at the time, and now I find it a little bit difficult to go back to. Like you know, after I, I think five just kind of broke my brain for like how a Metal Gear game should play. Right. Because mm-hmm. trying to go back to three and four after that is just like yeah, this feels clunky now. Yeah, and force. Four still somewhere in limbo because stealthily at the end, like the static screen at the end of this trailer, was like master collections of Metal Gear One through Three, leading mm-hmm. me to believe like this better be a substantial remake if you're telling me the master collections of the original. If you didn't know, also stealth- also stealthily they had removed uh, the Metal Gear Solid uh, collection from every platform. Uh, you were not able to buy it for like kind of the first time in a while. Oh man. And uh, now they're coming back, labeled as the Master Collection. I don't know what that means. I would guess just up as far as you don't have to work on this game very much goes. They uh, must be working rate. on a second part of that collection, though, right? Because if nothing else, Peace Walker has been re-released. Mm-hmm. So it seems yeah. like they may as well re-release it again. I don't know if there's like issues with porting 4 because of PS- PS3 being weird, but... It does seem like they like it's got to be in the pipe, right? It's worth doing. Like, I, yeah, I think I think of the master collection and and this remake do well. Like you know, we saw it with the Castlevania collection. Like they put out right, the GBA right. one after the uh, the original was successful. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, but my my burning question with this is: we did not hear any voice lines, and then like yeah. shortly after this was another. A trailer for another game that like features David Hayter's voice pretty heavily, yeah. and I'm like, is he going to come back as Snake, or are they just going to reuse the lines from the original and like not He's change it? X Men Two money. Why is he? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like it, it. These are. I'm not infuriated by the by by the because I I wanted nothing more than to play a newer version of Snake Eater that's a mm-hmm. little more refined. Uh, a little more modern. Uh, I hope it's substantial, but like telling us nothing, like one that's pretty standard for Metal Gear trailers. Yeah. Uh, so, so I'm I'm not unhappy. I'm not happy. I'm just, I'm just tepidly excited. Yeah. That most Metal Gear teasers never tell you shit. So, in general, cinematic trailers are just. I mean. Yeah, but 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 like Greg, people don't typically do that with re-releases barring sure. a couple projects we worked on um, <laughs> uh, but yeah like why wh- wh- that was a fucking clearly trying to be an A-level trailer yeah. for what should hopefully be an A-level re-release it's a cute concept mm. you know you're watching along you're like this has gotta be Anteater no Bird Eater <laughs> <laughs> Snake Eater uh, <laughs> it really like I, I can't express like only Michael and I were conversating, conversating with one another. It was really out of nowhere because I expected like a oh one of those games where you play every ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Oh, in prehistoric yeah. times, Solid Snake. What the fuck is this? <laughs> um, and uh, next is this is where I started. Like I don't know if I'm spelling any of this correctly. Why well, I didn't put it in the notes? Towers of Agbusha, which looks Agazba. like Agazba. Which looks like uh, Zelda with a paraglider and Pandora. All right. And oh yeah, they look cool. Yeah, very well. much. And then a big giant look at Final Fantasy 16. Mm-hmm. 
which I know I have faith is going to be great. I am a huge fan of every non-online Final Fantasy that has come out since um, 12. <laughs> and by that, I mean two games. <laughs> um, um, it, but it, I just couldn't help but remark, this looks like Star Wars w- with orange and teal instead of green and red. Uh, the orange and teal in this game, like, good God, guys. But, like, apparently using... It looks like using crystal powers has a biological effect on whoever is doing it. Maybe makes you evil. Maybe maybe corrupts your body. Uh, I'm still interested because of, of of all the trailers I've seen. Like I know that's gameplay, and it looks like a cinematic cutscene. But I, you know, I know yeah. what yeah. they do with Final Fantasy now. I can't believe what it's out in less than a month. Yeah, June. 22nd. Oh man, is it? Twenty third. Yeah. Part. So. This is. I heard this is the combat director of DMC Five. Does that sound right? Oh to you wow! Guys? And really? I mean, I, the the combat that I've seen looks a little bit DMC inspired. It so. definitely looks like it could be. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's the deal. <laughs> and I. I mean, I loved Fifteen, which also had very. It was like Devil May Cry light combat. But looking at all this footage, I'm like, this looks awesome. But I feel like if I was a classic final fantasy fan i'd be kind of pissed off you know like it's it's so far i mean but you could say that for the last for 13 and 15 too yes i guess 13 was where they really started doing this look final fantasy is when all the characters are on one side of the screen and a monster's on the other and they sort of lurch toward each other when they want to attack (laughs) yes they slash in the air and you assume it hits the monster Mm -hmm. at the end Anybody who's still saying that, please well, line up so I can actually, slap you. Because that was up. just them trying to like create a way to tactically handle multiple monsters with multiple people in the best way they could at the time. Yeah. Obviously, they should yeah. evolve. Well, but it does. So I brought this up yesterday on the stream, and uh, someone pointed out that, well, luckily they've got another you know, big, high-profile RPG series that is still turn-based, which is Dragon yeah. Quest. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't really ever thought of that. Dragon Octopath Traveler, the Bravely Default series. There's plenty of ways to get your fix. Well, because someone was saying, yeah, well, they're never going to do a triple A turn-based game again. And another person was like, well, they've got Dragon Quest, Hmm. which is like, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you call that. I don't really know. It's it's triple A in Japan, and then you lose a lot of A's as it travels across the ocean. (laughs) Uh, And and then, oh, go ahead, Greg. It does kind of feel like that's like Dragon Quest is like the main one of those so that mm-hmm. empowers them to do whatever yeah. m- new modern thing they want with Final Fantasy. Um, and then uh, I think a bit of a surprise for, for Michael and I, it's just rare that like I, I, we know what this is from the voice actor despite not knowing this was coming so fast. Uh, I had to get to all the thermoses <laughs> and then write my way out of this corner. Get the Alan Wake 2. Yeah. Um, out October seventeenth. Alan, like he looks weirdly like Keanu as John Wick in this trailer. Yep. Uh, and then it's how white people age, Michael. I guess. Right, you don't know. <laughs> Sam Lake, uh, the the uh, remedy guy, makes a cameo in this trailer, like as a police mm-hmm. detective, very briefly. But like, oh, that's that's the original Mac, Max Payne's face right there. Yep. So uh, the the lemon face, uh, but uh, <laughs> that this this is out and. I only saw people were minorly upset, which in a way I don't give a shit about because there is no physical version of this game. What do you mean it's out? 
when it's out. Oh, when it's out. I thought you said this is out. Uh, there's no physical version of the game. It is digital only, huh. and it will not be $70 as a result of that. Uh, but there is not a physical version of Alan Wake 2. Hmm. Um, and then right after that, Ass Creed Mirage. Never heard of um, it. Uh, Mirage, which I think was just confirmed same week, October 12th. Uh, wow. I, I was just... I mean, I knew more Assassin's Creed was coming. I just didn't expect, like, what... It just feels... I'm so old, it felt too new to need a throwback. But like the last this this is? Is it, like, Back to Italy? Well, it's Baghdad, uh, I think. Baghdad, yeah. But but it's still, like, it's it's a return to an urban cityscape. And the hidden blade, kind of, like, you know, tower-jumping kind of Assassin's Creed that, like... I played the shit like I played the shit out of most of them, but uh, I was always I, I you know I, I was always surprised by how much I liked Origins and Odyssey, given that like there's nothing to jump off of here <laughs> <laughs> to, to jump between. Uh, but they were inter- in Valhalla; they were all interesting in their own right. But like, uh, yeah, I didn't think there was. I just feel old that like Assassin's Creed felt the need to like yeah you want some old school Assassin's Creed we got you. I mean it's been what uh, sixteen it's years been, yeah it's it's yeah. Assassin's Creed one is old enough to drive um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah this this is actually a prequel to Valhalla. You're playing as as Bossim who's you know he's a hidden one he's like a proto assassin and he's kind of an enigmatic character in that game. Yeah I never I never heard. A ton of criticism from fans because Assassin's Creed always evolves kind of organically. But like, yeah, it was kind of neat to like shit uh, an old school Assassin's Creed game. I mean, yeah. it's kind of a I mean. return to stealthiness, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh... even in the trailer they're like, "Wait, do you want to bribe them or murder them?" And even I was like, "I don't know what I want to do yet. I, I, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I never know, but I probably will murder all of them." <laughs> so um, exciting. Uh, and up next, uh, what Michael and I were both like, is this Night in the Woods too? Same dev? Yeah, same dev, um, same same artist, um, that Bombs Fall guy. But uh, Revenant Hill. I, f- I feel deliberately teased because it starts off with a black cat that looks like if Mae Borowski from Night in the Woods was an actual cat and not an anthropomorphic one. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, it shows actual human characters. So like, okay, this isn't Night in the Woods too. But I feel... Tricked somehow, because <laughs> you started it off with that iconography. But um, oh, it's, it, it, it's not that it might not take place in the same universe. Hmm. Uh, I believe it's it's developed by two different companies, but the same company owns ah. both of them. Finji, the, the, the Night of the Woods writers are involved. Okay, so I imagine there'll be some overlap. Yeah. Playing about a cat named Twigs who's trying to become a witch's familiar, according to Kotaku. Hmm. Uh, Green Blue Fantasy, which is the first thing I wrote Grand down. Blue. Grand Blue, please. Realized it might be wrong, and I didn't bother to check. <laughs> uh, that, because I, I feel like I cared about this the least. Didn't they announce this like seven years ago or so? I feel like it's I saw an announcement a long time ago. It looked the old. It looked, it looked cool. like the oldest game presented uh, at, at, during all this. So I, yeah. I'm not sure what this is or who it's for. I but, think it's kind of like an even more anime version of a Dragon's Dogma type of game. It looks, mm-hmm. it looks fun. 
Well, don't get ahead of me, Greg. Uh, Street Fighter Six new yeah. look already yeah. had a release date, but a fuckload of characters I did not recognize at all, which is always kind of exciting. They had the uh, open beta over the weekend. Yeah. It was. It's really fun. I played mm. ten hours and I actually won a lot. I couldn't oh, wow. believe it. <laughs> Modern or classic control scheme? What are you doing, Greg? Classic. There and you, you had actually that was a little bit of a pain. In the name of giving people lots of options, and I, I don't know if there's an accessibility angle here, but you have to set the controls for one P and two P separately, and then also per character you have to set them separately. So Whoa. I had to set set it to classic, which is not the default, like hmm. four separate times before it actually took. That was pretty pretty nuts. I was at a, a video game, a retro game swap meet this weekend, and. Like, what do you think about cool. the Street Fighter beta? I'm like, oh, there's only two people. I'm like, what are you playing? I'm like, never mind. I why? <laughs> when am I gonna get rid of like? I don't know everything that's going on with Street Fighter. <laughs> Leave yeah. me alone. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, demo. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know. And then I somehow landed a very. I, I'll send you a picture, Greg. Uh, animation cell of Akuma with a hand painted background for oh. literally nothing. Oh. Uh, again, shout out to the Padukan guys. Um, cool. And uh, then I, there was Ultros. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. A, a, what looked mm. like a 2D, I'm speculating, roguelike, but uh, mm. a 2D game that looked like it focused on restorative traversal. Because mm. more so than they showed, ah. they showed some, some murderous action, but the idea that like you're restoring the environment and that'll help you climb through and get to other places as you restore the Look neat. Yeah, look like, neat. Lots of day glow neon visuals. Parts of it kind of reminded yeah. me of like a Jim Woodring painting or something. But uh, yeah. but my my overwhelming thought was like my favorite octopus from Final Fantasy is getting his own game. And then uh, uh, what, one of the games that like I shouldn't be excited by because I know it's going to let me down. But Tower of Fantasy, a crazy looking cel shaded action. RPG that looks like it's set in an open world. People riding motorcycles, but just that it's cell shaded is like, wow, there really isn't anything like that right hmm. now. Other than Matt's favorite Genshin Impact, if you want to include that. But uh, yeah. uh, that's more of a lack, lack of texture ability <laughs> than cell shading. <laughs> this is a, a design choice and, and hides some clearly antiquated stuff, but it looks crazy. It looks, looks cool. Nuts. Yeah, that motorcycle mm -hmm. looked cool. Um, and then I really wanted, like, Greg, 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 mm -hmm. the first Dragon's Dogma since we were working on Dragon's Dogma. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I think a, a lot of people that saw that were like, man, it really looks a lot like the original Dragon's Dogma, <laughs> which is surprising considering it's been over a decade and they have a fancy new engine, which isn't even that new anymore. Hmm. Uh, but it doesn't look the same in a bad way necessarily i think it, like i just expected that it would look like the the difference in visual fidelity would be like immediately apparent and they're like playing devil may cry 5 which itself is already like four years ago mm -hmm. there were a lot of scenes in that where i was like this is what the next dragon's dogma is gonna look like uh and nothing we saw today <laughs> looked uh <-huh>. like that <laughs> but uh i mean i think it'll like if you like the first game it looks like you have a lot to be excited about because it looks like they're really staying true to the spirit of that. I hope. I mean, there's. I, I, I wish I could could like 
sum up what it was like to work next to Greg, who's working very hard on Dragon's Dogma. <laughs> and like you love that game. Uh, Had eventually. some so some had <laughs> some criticism of it. I, my favorite one is just like this is everything is so fun. This world is empty as shit. Yeah, I mean that was <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the like, I th- people came around to Dragon's Dogma as this yeah, like when they, sleeper it, hit they and updated it with Dark Arisen. And they well not only that not only that but they re-released it again and again and again on different platforms mm-hmm. and it, every time they re-released it there some news or, or some media outlet somewhere would post an article about how it's the best game you've never heard of mm-hmm. and i was like okay like it's good that word is getting out now but this was the most like high risk venture capcom ever took oh man <laughs> yeah. it was the most expensive game they had made at that point so it was like it was like a shenmue level you know like we're gonna like we want to make a skyrim killer and we're capcom so of course it'll be a skyrim killer because of course so good. And they it, like at the time years. it just it was very worrying because of that context of it being this huge risk, and it being full of like kind of corny dialogue and like yeah. um, the empty world, and it felt like a lot of mimicking stuff without really getting why people liked that kind of game. Mm. But it what it did also have a bunch of awesome stuff that only Capcom. Like no one, no one beats Capcom. Like the 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 cap the combat is the director of Devil May Cry. So like the the combat is way better than anything you're gonna get in a game like Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's lots of other depth that you eventually uncover if you stick with the game. But uh, it just didn't really put its best foot forward. Maybe. Mm. Uh, so it was a slow, slow burn, and I'm hoping that now with a decade of this like very slow groundswell that two two will now be in a position to actually do well at the gate instead of uh, hopefully no licensed not. music either that'll be nice yeah, um, yeah uh i thought this was funny when i was in fast x just a couple hours ago i was there with my friend's kid uh who is aging so rapidly it's scaring me but like there was a trailer for uh, the... I saw the first trailer for the uh, Five Nights at Freddy's movie. And we both, like, made, like, Seinfeld gestures at one another. Like, what? As if to say, like, why now? Like, the, the <laughs> where you where you would strike when the iron's hot is, like, five years... There was pajamas in Target six years ago. Like, what took you so long? But then, like, watching this as well, like... Five Nights at Freddy's Most Wanted, and then they put like a glowing two. I'm like, help! There was a Most Wanted one, help or wanted, a Help Wanted yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think what they were waiting for was for it to come out that that guy is a big Trump donor. Yes, uh, so. and has washed his hands of the series hmm. in order has to he protect really? it. Yeah. I mean, sort of. Like, I mean, how much that that was like one guy who made like the first couple games. Like, yeah. these clearly have teams behind them, and. Uh, it turns out on a PR level, the further away he stays, the better. He's the Doug Tenapple of mm-hmm. indie horror games. Uh, but yeah, new Five Nights at Freddy's, and that wasn't... And then Sony switched to PSVR 2, which if you looked at their uh, investors call earlier, like I, I, what I really wanted was 
<laughs> Apologies, but I wanted to hear some PSVR 2 is a miserable failure. We've reduced the price by $400. They Instead, they said it is outsold PSVR 1 during that period, and there is no price drop coming mm. at all. And I looked at all this, in, including RE4 VR mode, which I just don't know what that is, because the... I, I was like, is this a port of the Facebook one that I just didn't pay attention to? No, no, and Michael's it's, like, no. It's, it's like, you know, uh, so they, they... It's a mode for the new game. Yeah, for, for RE4 Remake. So mm-hmm. it's playable in VR. They did the same thing with Village. Village and is currently seven. playable in VR. And yeah, and seven. seven. Seven was the I original one, seven. but I mean, on PSVR 2 specifically, uh, yeah. they added VR support for, for Village. And if you have Village, you can just play it. You don't need to buy a separate app. And uh, it's, I, th- I imagine it's probably going to be the same with this. And For I, what it's I worth, thought... I, ha- I have a friend who is talking about how great uh, the village is in PSVR 2. To the point that, you know, like, first of all, he said that he didn't even enjoy the village, you know, in first, like in regular, when it first launched in first person. He even mm. tried it when they did the third person update. And it never clicked, but the PSVR version he likes so much that he said it's really the it, it it's a yeah. VR seller. It's, wow, okay, it's and that, that's VR what I thought was set. weird because Michael and I were talking because like I was sort of shocked Michael didn't you know remortgage his house to get PSVR two. It's one of those and, things where it's just like you know I've already got like cards on the table. I've got four VR headsets right now. <laughs> yes. I almost never use any of them. And, uh, you know, the Quest 2 is the most recent, and what cemented that for me was RE4 coming out on it. And RE4 is great on Quest 2, but it's also an experience built with VR in mind. Like, you, you're not traveling through the full village and that, that area. You're, you're, it's just kind of in levels. So or like, turning 25 degrees at a time, like yeah, an RE7. Yeah, well, you know, you can you can do the smooth movement, but, like... That seems to make a lot of people sick still. So most VR games default to like, yeah, the 45 degree movement or like you use a cursor and like, I want to move over there and now I'm over there. Like, you know, I I still dream of the total immersive VR experience. that's like walking around in a game Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a little bit more rare because that tends to make a lot of people ill. So I but I thought it was weird. Because but but also like the PSVR two costs more than the PS five, and right. that's hard for me to justify wow. when I've already got multiple VR headsets I don't really use. And uh, but I just thought it was odd that we were talking about like yeah this needs kind of like Michael and I were sort of like we kind of know what VR can do. You kind of need to give us mm-hmm. a bigger, better reason to do it, and it's just like I feel like very weirdly the best reason to get VR. I got PSVR, and the first thing I played with it was RE7. Facebook locked down RE4 as an exclusive, and now there's RE4 Remake VR mode. Is Resident Evil the fucking big exclusive for VR on multiple platforms? It's very strange to think about, but it like yeah. it is a compelling. It's a compelling sell. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, uh, that's true. And and. 
Yeah, I'm, I really was hoping for a PSVR 2 price drop, and that doesn't look like it's mm, happening. Yeah. Um, and uh, then next on the PSVR 2 list, Arizona Sunshine 2, a, ga- mm-hmm. a sequel to a game I'd never heard of, and I thought I'd scoured the list of everything you could ever play on PSVR. It was by far the most, like, charming and modern trailer. And, mm. like, a character who, a quippy character who talks humorously, but, like, this is humorous. Yeah. This is funny. Um, this, uh, yeah, Crossfire Sierra Squad was, you know, I don't know, just military shooter. Yeah, you know, it's Crossfire Sierra Squad. You know what to expect. Yeah, yeah, Sierra Squad. <laughs> this, the Sierra doors, Club is coming people. for their membership yeah. dues. You won't get your calendar. Uh, Synapse looked a little more interesting in that it was like, it's like Inception mm. with invading people's self uh, subconscious yeah. With mind powers. Kind of evil within slash transference vibes. From yeah, as a, as a VR shooter. And, like, I thought that was the best VR trailer I saw. Yeah. That's all. the one with David Hayter, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. There was, according to you, but, like, well, you know, it's, kind it of it sounded a lot like him. I'm not sure yeah. who else it could be. I didn't check. And then, like, I forgot this wasn't confirmed because, like, one of the biggest... VR games that there was that they bundled with PSVR 1 was Beat Saber and they hadn't really announced a PSVR 2 version and they did in the best way possible with a fucking queen pack. Oh yeah. Queen. Queen. God damn it it looked cool. And like, yeah. um, Don't Stop Me Now makes anything look fucking amazing and it made Beat Saber look irresistible. The government should say like nobody can use this in a game trailer anymore. It's mm-hmm. too cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> too much of an automatic buy yes don't not allowed uh, mm-hmm. it makes everything seem more appealing and then I, I think in the top three announcements they just showed the Bungie logo and mm-hmm. I remember I said to Michael like is this Marathon and like I think you're ahead of me and like I have ne- I've only seen Marathon in screenshots I just know that it was rumored they were returning to Marathon hmm and it looked very fucking cool. It's very hard to look cool in a stream. Uh, yeah. This visually looked kind of amazing. Kind of like the System Shock 2 box art come to life. And yeah. <laughs> Although I will say, yeah, I'm, I'm hearing it's a PvP extraction shooter. And cool. like, eh, I don't know if that's necessarily what I want from Marathon. Marathon was kind of unique in that like, you know, it came along at a very key moment, which is when Macintosh players did not have a port of Doom yet. And so it delivered Doom-style action, but with, like, a fairly intricate story. Mm. And if you if you just make it, like, a PvP game about, like, who gets to leave the zone first with the most loot, whatever, uh, I, I feel like that's not quite Marathon, but... I don't know. I'll, I'm withholding judgment till I see also, more. Also, how bizarre it is It looks really, really cool. The next Marathon... They didn't say it's a PlayStation exclusive, but it easily could be. Hmm. And then, like, anybody complaining about that, like, welcome to Halo World, like, 2001. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Uh, I thought that looked very cool. Like, because it's very hard to make games look cool in a cinematic trailer, blah, 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 and in a 720p stream. Hmm. Uh, because they followed that up with, uh, remember, did I not say that, like, uh, Sony acquired Bungie? They, that's all done? It's all wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Destiny, the final shape, some title nearing towards a conclusion. But the big thing was, hey. Is that a scrap title for the last Halloween movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the final <laughs> shape. 
Can we have a whole podcast with the last Halloween movie? It is mm. fascinating and that. mean. Yeah, we really should. Halloween uh, ends. Yeah. But yeah. the big thing in the final shape, the last Destiny DLC, was there is Cade Six, Nathan Fillion, back, mm-hmm. the, whose death was lauded. Is he in the game? Is he not? Nobody knows. Is he like the Joker in the Arkham games and he's just haunting mm-hmm. you because he... He's Nathan Fillion, but the the only reason he left because Nathan Fillion clearly got busy and they had some contract to shoot. That's exciting that uh, Nathan Fillion can still be involved in mm-hmm. Destiny. Yeah, and then Michael and I were both like, Concord looks promising, but like I never thought I just had to watch After Earth for uh, thirty twenty ten. But the idea of a ship re-entering atmosphere surprisingly to where like oh we can't even put our like bullets or close our lockers which is important when your ship is traveling at like speed like what mm-hmm. that was a cool trailer but like we yeah. know nothing about what this is at I all I mean yeah it's it's a cool vibe and aesthetic but mm-hmm. that's what we got at this point is a vibe and an aesthetic yeah but but still like pretty neat and then even even I like I was like I'm so tired it's an hour I have to be at a thing and like is that craven and it oh, was. Yes. Uh, yes, it was. Craven Hunt. It, like, I love Spider Man so much. I've been following whatever's going to happen with Insomniac Spider Man 2. I thought I missed something, but no, it is just Peter Parker in a symbiote suit being Oops. Venom. Hmm. Doesn't it feel like they called him Craven just so Spider Man could dunk on his name? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> the less whining phenomenon. Never, never understood that. Like, why, why call him Coward, <laughs> Coward yeah. the Hunter? It is an odd name, but but like, mm-hmm. it is. He is one of Spider-Man's most fun villains, mm-hmm. and I think one of the most easily modern adaptable. I think the, the the last time they even did it, like, yeah, he hosts a reality show where he hunts crazy prey. Oh, Spider-Man, that's the craziest prey. I will die in the process of trying to hunt Spider-Man. Oh Neat. yeah. <laughs> So I kind of I kind of tuned out here. Um, does it is it going to work like in Web of Shadows where you can switch in real time between the symbiote and the regular? Well, they gave the impression you can switch not only that way but uh, with between Peter Parker and Miles Morales. So, I didn't I didn't know uh, how scripted that was or wasn't. So I hmm. I'm it, but it's I'm only saying it's weird because like th- that is the first gameplay footage we've seen, isn't it? I believe so. And yeah. the game's out in like five months. And wow, uh, it said it said fall twenty twenty three, which led me to believe if you can't land down a release date with four months left to go, it's going to be pushed. So maybe it is, I, it whatever. Like I don't a big, care. Big AAA game. So. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't care at all. That game was fucking flawless and amazing. Mm. I love the Insomniac Spider Man games. Take yeah. all the time you need. Absolutely. And then uh, the the biggest thing. I, what should have been the biggest thing, like, oh, yeah, new ways to play. Y'all heard of Steam Deck? Y'all playing Zelda on the Switch? Sony Switch, here it comes. And, like, what? Give us more <laughs> Give us more information. <laughs> and if you listen to the investor call, they made a big to-do about cloud gaming that they didn't during this gaming expo. Uh, but what is it? The Project Q is still what they're calling it? Mm, yeah, Project Q. Project Q, um, wh- which I've I've yelled about that forever. There's nothing keeping Microsoft or Sony from make from just 
adding a cheap tablet as an accessory to their system. There's nothing. You don't have to fucking like make touchscreen. Just make make it a Wii U. Yeah, but Do the it. thing is, uh, you know, people already. Everyone has a phone. Everyone has a tablet. Uh, so you know, it wouldn't it make more sense to make apps for said tablets rather than. You know they can they can connect to the no, game, I, I, which I, they did, and were not very successful. I get it, but like, you know, Steam Deck for most PC gamers, you can play you know your favorite games not as well as you could play them on. Mm. But for but they they said it's uh, what they say it's a Wi-Fi only streaming games that are downloaded on your PS5, and that's all they would confirm. Yeah, I don't know why they triple down on cloud gaming the investor meeting and not really mention it here. Like, what is the difference between Wi-Fi play and cloud gaming as far as hardware goes? Well, I think, you know, cloud gaming actually interests me a little bit more because if they handle it like Stadia where it's like, I'm connecting via Wi-Fi to their servers, yeah. which are optimized specifically for this and can deliver, you know, a fast experience... My experience with remote play is always it's dependent on whatever networks I'm using, both remotely and at home. I have to connect to my home network, to my PS5, whatever. When and and then I I get to play a game. On I'm my on phone. I'm on a fiber connection. Hmm. Almost every console I have, including the Series X and the PS5, caps itself beyond like way under hmm. what i can get with fiber interesting so i i don't get it uh i i don't get it but i also like this can't just be a, if this is just a wi-fi accessory for your ps5 to play your ps5 like it's a switch uh this has to be under 200 200 or under or hmm. no one will buy this or but but like part of it was like it is a split dual sense controller and like God, that looks comfortable. When I was down yeah, here sure trying is. to fi- trying to go downstairs and like trying to work and play my Switch undocked Zelda, like this sucks. My hands hurt. I can't mm-hmm. see anything. I hate it. Yeah, bigger screen with a, P- a real PS5 controller. Shit. Yeah, that does look cool. But I I don't know why they'd announce it like this. This doesn't have a name. We're only announcing Wi-Fi only, but. To investors and the world were announcing major cloud capabilities. And remember, Sony was kind of first there. They bought Gaikai. PlayStation Now, even though most people didn't use Mm -hmm. it, was the first console cloud integration there was. Uh, But I'm I'm with Michael on this. All my cloud gaming interactions have been like, this is a nice novelty, but this is not exactly like playing a game on my on anything mm-hmm. <laughs> on anything it's it's interesting that this almost works but it doesn't quite work yet yeah um we'll we'll see uh, i'm curious to find out more about this yeah me too but they said it re- released this year i think <laughs> oh well all right <laughs> maybe we'll find out soon but again i, I like i would have my big question of the week for the audience like what is the difference between like all, sony has offered remote play for a really long time uh, like the original PSP, right, Michael? The remote yeah. play on phone yeah, yeah. is available now. But, you know, it is what it is. But what's the difference between cloud gaming and this? It's just an internet connection. It's not a hardware thing. No, well, I mean, yeah, I, I think, you know, remote play is you are connecting to your own hardware 
through right. the internet. Uh, cloud gaming is you're connecting to their hardware through the internet. But like, didn't fucking Lair allow you to like connect your PSP to the internet and play your P- like yes. when you're not on your own Wi-Fi? Why would this be like when you're on your own Wi? Why would they l- limit this less <laughs> to make it less than Lair <laughs> on the PS3? So I, I don't think they really are. I think that's the only thing they can promise right now. But if that's mm. the only thing they can promise, why fucking announce this? Well, we'll see. We'll see. Why? Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Everyone's bored and tired. Well, uh, you are maybe, but... Uh... No, I'm just tired. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the community segment, which is always is segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week was, which Link is your favorite version of Link? Uh, Greg, do you have a favorite version of Link from the Legend of Zelda series of fine video games? Uh, Favorite version of Link? My favorite Zelda, weirdly, was Phantom Hourglass. But I think it's because I I missed Wind Waker. Hmm. So I don't, like... uh, Like, I, I didn't know... I don't know what the gameplay of Wind Waker was like, but I was really taken with the sailing and discovering all the little islands. It was a lot of that. Yeah, so maybe the win, but uh, as far I don't know if it's be- it wasn't the version of Link per se that made me a fan of that game. So I don't know. I mean, I I'm I always thought Zelda 2's Link was pretty cool. Even mm. though that game is super hard. Yeah, the first teenage Link. Yeah, he's just got a he's like he's live. He's more live than you're used to Link being. Yeah, yeah. I like Usually a live a squat Link. little kid. Well, um, <laughs> on VigigamePocalypse.com, Abbott said, uh, choosing the best Link basically is just a beauty pageant. Outside of Wind Waker, they don't really have anything to define them besides looks. Oh, I would say Skyward Sword had the closest thing to a personality in his relationship to Zelda, but I felt she was lifting most of that. So I'm going to go with Twilight's Link, but not the link you're thinking of. I'm going with Hero's Spirit, who is actually just Dead Link from Ocarina of Time. What? Yeah, he's the giant skeleton who teaches uh, yeah. you how to fight. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Does the sword moves they, with you. <laughs> they're ripped off in uh, Sekiro. Uh, uh, it's coming to my TED talk about how Sekiro is secretly a Zelda game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alex Crawley on the Laser Time Facebook community says, uh, my favorite version of Link... Is Breath of the Wild Link? Uh, I was not a Zelda fan prior to Breath of the Wild, which I believe Nintendo confirmed this week. Like Breath, I got in so many arguments this weekend about Breath of the Wild, including people like, oh, "Are you talking about Tears of the Kingdom?" I'm leaving. I'm not kidding. Like people hmm. still can't get over the broken weapons thing. Ah. But Nintendo said this is the future of Zelda. Period. Broken weapons. uh the last zelda game i played according to alex was linked to the past when it came out on the super nintendo there was so much buzz about breath of wild when i it came out that i picked it up on wii u since switches were scarce i eventually picked it up on switch as well and put about 450 hours into both games uh i love the revamped look of link uh gone was the green tunic and the silly hat uh i loved his redesign and as a longtime smash player uh, excited that his new look was uh, also in Ultimate. My only complaint is that Zelda's redesign was not included in Ultimate as well. Uh, I never cared for the Toon Link or Young Link character designs in Smash either, but I did pick up the Link's Awakening remake and found the design pretty cute. I actually wish I had picked up that amiibo. I hope you guys do a deep dive into tears because I love Breath of the Wild so much I would readily go back and listen to 
a VGA release of the Game of the Year podcast. I hope to do one. Uh, Tears is hmm. even better and took Breath of the Wild's place as one of my top 10 games of all time. Me wow. too. Wow. Me too. And every time I get around my old gamer friends, I know I've said this twice in two years, but Elden Ring slash Tears of the Kingdom are the greatest games of all time. <laughs> like, I, I'm not normally that guy. Like, I really am not. I didn't say that the entire time Michael and I worked together playing every game we could. Hmm. Uh, these are the greatest games of all time. These, God damn it. Yep. Um, Greg, yeah. you want to read Bob Henson? All right. Uh, the best Link is the specific design of Link in the original NES manual. That artwork is so distinct and gorgeous. Yeah. And I remember being too young to really grasp the game. I was about five when it came out, but just pouring over that artwork. Yeah, it looked really cool. That That's like a super distinctive Link. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, I, I remember like in San Francisco, one of the last times I went into a GameStop, they had very specific manual link action figures from japan in that GameStop, and oh, i man. wish i would have bought them because they were less than 20 bucks and it was for link uh uh the adventures of link and uh yeah like everyone like but like very specific to like you know link never looked like he looked on the box or in the commercials yeah. and up That's until true. recently that well, just unlocked this memory sorry <laughs> just like i think uh, Zelda 1 on the NES was the first physical video game I ever saw and I was little oh, enough wow. that I still sat in the shopping cart when my mom went shopping and I remember her adding something to the shopping cart and it was just a it was a box and it had the little cutaway window where you could see the gold wow. of the cartridge oh, wow. like peeking through and I was just like it was the only like why does my mother love my brothers more than me <laughs> I, no, because I didn't even know what it was. I couldn't make sense of it because everything else in the shopping cart, I probably had at yeah. least some idea of what I was. Fun fruits at. and uh, shark what bites. <laughs> what is this rectangle with a little cutaway with a gold thing in it? You know, it's just yeah. this completely alien object. Well, I, I remember pouring over that manual too because, like, you know, my knowledge of Japanese animation and anime was kind of limited at the time. Like, Robotech had been on TV, and like, you know, I'd seen Star Blazers, and uh, but like, it looked like that. It was that yeah. aesthetic, which was kind of uh... unique, and there were images in there that looked like animation cells, like it mm -hmm. had come straight from animation, which. To, to this day, I'm kind of surprised, like, what, did they actually go to the trouble of painting all those things just to shrink them down into the cheap little manual? Like, yeah, well, that's really awesome, actually. Yeah, I, I, I can't explain it, because I would say, like, well, obviously there was a strategy guide, out, but I don't know that there was. Like, I don't know if that was even a business at that time. There um, must have been, yeah. They had a guide for everything. They had a mm -hmm. guide to... I don't have a joke. <laughs> <laughs> a guide to fucking. A guide to brain age Sudoku. Yeah. Hey, uh, then uh, Kyle Shuch says, uh, my favorite version of Link is the modern day one, honestly. And Link tends to be a cipher for the audience. I am full agreement with you here, Kyle. Mm -hmm. uh, and since he never really has a chance to speak, he doesn't tend to have a personality. However, the new one does give him a personality due to the additions of the dialogue system. Uh, this allows for Link uh, to actually have somewhat of his own personality. 
And there are dialogue options that showcase that he's occasionally catty when he talks to some people. Also, the scene in the beginning uh, where the arm thing happens, totally something out of Princess Mononoke. Boom! Yeah. Confirmed. Uh, yeah. I, and I, I didn't notice till I saw a YouTuber pointed out. Uh, Link has his hair tied back in Breath of the Wild and is flowing free in this one. And mm, yeah, yes, true. Yeah. it's great about listen, a woman YouTuber had to point that out to me. Like, I like his hair better when he lets it down. I'm like, yeah, I really didn't like his hair in the first one. It, it seemed pretty gross. Hmm. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, Hunter Grant says TL is 100% correct that Toon Link mm-hmm. is the best version. Firstly, I had lapsed from games during the poor reception to the look. When I found it, I just thought, wow, this is beautiful. They found a way to make it look like they took the original Legend of Zelda, grabbed the screen, and tilted the perspective into 3D. That, and he was fun. The style allowed them to do cartoonish wild takes, which I loved. It gave him a more goofy personality until he got stone cold at the end of the game. Stone cold. Stone cold. So we're not talking about the actual cartoon well, no, well, excuse no, me. no, no, no. <laughs> that's what they call Toon Link, as as several people pointed out. It's like that's what they call. That's what the Smash. amiibo is called. It's yeah. called Toon Link, but but it, it comes from Smash. Uh, Smash. P.S. Oh, this is what he says here. P.S. The game does not come from the amiibo. The name is from Smash Bros. Brawl to differentiate ah. him from regular Link on the character select. The amiibo is called that because it is a Smash Brothers amiibo. Wow, you literally corrected what I just said. Yeah. In real time, Hunter. Good job. <laughs> and uh, Dead Honky, which is a great, yeah. great, how did I not get At that? At Dead Honky on Twitter. Uh, on Twitter says, uh, Wind Waker Link, because he's always going through one. <laughs> yeah, just accompanied by a gif of, of Wind Waker Link poking his face out of a barrel looking You, you got to see Link's plus. ascendability. He is pretty mm. consistently in my game going through stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Including Stone Atlas. That's great. Yep. Yep. Right up through the butthole. Uh, at Shy Guy Fieri says, My favorite Link is the one who debuted in A Link to the Past. This was before Ocarina of Time established the new, the now standard Pretty Boy Link. Back in the day, Link m- looked more like a cartoon character and less he like did. a Hemsworth. Huh. His outfit had a simple elegance, and I appreciate his dedication to not wearing pants. This incarnation of Link also has the most appearances, starring in four games, including some of the best of the series, in my opinion. That's my favorite officially recognized Link. My favorite unofficial Link is from Zelda erotic fanfiction. My Zelda erotic fanfiction, The Legend of Zelda, Tits of the Kingdom, which, of course, is a follow-up to my other fanfic, The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Ass. (laughs) There it is. Man, you do not want to go to the outworld there. No. Yeah, gives new meaning to the word wind waker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and wait till you see what steals your shield. <laughs> Never mind. Um, uh, we have a video answer from Full Install, Full Install who says... Hey guys, it's Tom here again from YouTube channel Full Install. Just finished our big country walk. It's funny because where I am, there are loads of big massive rocks everywhere. And every time I see one, I think, I might get a Korok CD if I pick that up. <laughs> haven't <laughs> yet. But uh, here's to hoping. Anyway, favorite Link. So growing up, we weren't Nintendo. You know, we weren't a Nintendo household. So I ended up playing Zelda for emulation mostly. And I came quite late to playing Link to the Past. I think the first one I played was Zelda, uh, the very first one, Legend of Zelda on the NES. Didn't really like that. Second one I played was Zelda 64. 
Hated it. Absolutely hated it. Sorry, I just could never get into that game. I know people think it's one of the best games ever made, but really not for me. The whole N64 library, I just... No, couldn't really do it. Let's just wave race 64 and get on with that. But when I came to play Link to the Past, I couldn't engage with it. And I think it was partially down to the art style. It was the kind of... Not the top-down aspect of it. That's absolutely fine, but... The more way that everything's rounded and looks a little bit like a Duplo. Do you have Duplo in America? I don't know. Yeah. Like a Duplo man. Yeah. Like almost like Great toys. Um, and the first one that I actually liked and engaged with was, as I think it was Mike's answer, was Zelda 2. Um, I like that Link looked more like a grown-up and a lot more like an elf. I mean, it's not graphically comparable to what we've got now, obviously, with Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, but... I like those games for the games. I don't even think about Link when I'm playing them. In fact, I actually prefer Zelda's design in those games. Mm -hmm. um, so the one that actually stands out the most to me is Zelda 2. Um, and the rest, I've never really liked them. That's the first That's the first Zelda I liked. And probably the, the only one I liked until Breath of the Wild. I thought, uh, what was the 3DS one? A Link Between Worlds? Is that what it was? Yeah. One where yep. you could turn into paper? That was mm -hmm. okay. But... Mainly because I was having a bit of a honeymoon period with the 3DS. But yeah, Zelda 2. I think that is my favourite design link, even though he looks like pixel shit. Anyway, <laughs> anyway <laughs> catch you next time, guys. Well, I don't know when... Because uh, we, we make those jokes, but if we haven't reiterated that, um, Nintendo didn't really penetrate the uh, European market until like 64 or like the end of the Super Nintendo. It kind of like didn't make an effort in Europe. Yeah. Well, it, it kind of came a few years later to Europe and, you know, had to contend with... There, there was a deeply embedded scene for, like, the Commodore, the Atari ST. Sinclair and, and Sega, when we talked to our UK counterparts, like, they're way more into Sega stuff. Because, like, mm -hmm. that oh, yeah. was heavily marketed in Europe before Nintendo was. So mm -hmm. it's, you know, not your fault or anything, but I just want to recommend... The wonderful godlike Rick Mayo did a bunch of Game Boy commercials, including yes. for uh, Link's Awakening. Um, and you can see like him talking about Link's appearance uh, in one of those commercials. There, I, I, I put up all of them I could find on you, our YouTube channel. God, they're funny. They're they're still like mm -hmm. they're still funny to this day. Miss Rick Mayo. Yeah, the people's uh, poet is dead. No. No. Uh, <laughs> So, new question of the week. We're getting into what used to be E3 season. The state of play was probably the first big slate of announcements and showcases that we are going to be seeing in the next month or so. Uh, so, what are you most excited to potentially hear about in the next month or so? Or what are you already excited for? Uh, based on what's been shown at State of Play, maybe you're like super excited for Spider-Man 2. I know I am. Me too. But I'm I'm really hoping to see. So before the State of Play started, you know, there's that chat window on YouTube that you always immediately hide because <laughs> it's just full of, of guys chanting GTA 6, GTA 6, GTA 6. Knack 3, I think Mike was like, Bully 2, <laughs> Bully 2, Bully 2. Bully Somebody two. said Bully 2, Bloodborne 2. Like, you know, you're not going to wish these into existence just by chanting that. I'm sorry. But uh, at the same time, you are right. I would very much like to see GTA 6. Uh, yeah. Anything about GTA 6. Like, we've seen leaks, but I would like to see... Something nice and official packaged from Rockstar, even Dude. if it's just like, a, look at these neighborhoods. Isn't this cool? And it would be amazing because, like, they're in that real, like, the most unfortunate position I can ever, like, their game is revealed. Mm-hmm. And, and they haven't officially revealed it yet, but they've 
officially confirmed. Yeah. It leaked, and that was yeah. a thing. But we, they haven't Stuff announced it yet. Off. But remember, Michael, when we were done watching this thing, I was like, was that E3? Is, is Sony's <laughs> E3 over? Uh, no, I, Rockstar, think, I think more stuff is coming. Rockstar has never participated in E3. This is true, but maybe they'll participate in Summer oh, Games Fest. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, it's it, nothing's impossible, especially because their their release schedule has to have had a bugaboo thrown in it. Hmm. <laughs> and uh, uh, for for me, like I like when Michael and I were watching, I'm like, man, you know, this is like E3, except that like there's not one first party thing has come out yet. And then they fucking, you know, 15 minutes of Spider-Man. But they did announce Wolverine. That's and true. I, I thought I read, read that they would show something of Wolverine before the end of the year. And if they had one more card up their sleeve, Jesus Christ, an insomnia, just a, a cinematic trailer is all I'd care about. Like, I, I'm kind of more excited to play a Wolverine game from Insomniac than Spider-Man 2. Uh yeah, yeah oh I'm my god! Very curious cool. to know what that's going to be like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, big Marvel fan, blah blah blah. Big Spider-Man fan. It is really it, it, to think about the first Spider-Man game. Like you're, you never really fought any villains, like really, hmm. like uh, until the end. And they're just like, uh, Kurt Connors is over here while Craven is hunting. Like holy shit! And I'm <laughs> half Venom already, but like. The um, the villains the Wolverine game would have to introduce. Oh my god! Mm. 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 And that two thousand what was it two thousand nine one X Men Origins Wolverine. Oh yeah, I mean, oh, it's man. actually pretty good. Yeah, it was that was a rare case of a movie game being so much better than its movie. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, allegedly the product of Hugh Jackman pushing for like yeah, just make a fucking Wolverine. Like, I'm the executive yeah. producer now. Make a Wolverine game. But he's got to cut people in half. Like, yeah, so yeah, so what? So what, mate? <laughs> <laughs> Want to see me ribs? <laughs> yes. Uh, fucking do it. Throw your head over the fence, mate. Come on. <laughs> How about you, Greg? Schmeggery? Uh Off the top of my head, uh, there was a game, Stellar Blade, that they showed off a few months ago at one of these live stream showcases at uh, South Korean action game hack yeah. and slash looked really cool eager to see more of that um and there's a new uh hyper light drifter has oh. a sequel on the way hyper light oh, breaker i'm a big fan of that of the first game so uh, i will say that hyper light breaker so far sounds quite different than hmm. the first game. It's 3D multiplayer with different like character classes. So I'm bracing myself for it to not like scratch any of the itches that <laughs> someone uh. might have. But, oh, but shit. We'll see. I have a lot of faith in that team anyway, Heart, uh, Heart Machine. It, on okay. that note, if I can redeem myself for something I made fun of earlier, like never gave a shit about Armored Core. I do Dude. now. Oh, yeah. I'll play, oh, any, yeah. I'll play any yeah. From Software thing ever and that one armored core trailer looked fucking awesome, and they said it's still supposed to be delivered by the end of the year. Uh, yeah. I'd love to see a, a bigger look at armored core because I, I don't, I don't know how they play. I've, n I've the only met game I've ever played from From Software is Metal Wolf Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Let's party! Steel Battalion. Yeah, I remember like the the old PS One games. My I had friends who played them, and there's like a lot of customization. They seemed really hardcore. 
But uh, I've also heard, like, the, the thing I've heard most recently that makes me really interested in Armored Core is the idea that, like, oh, that you get charged for shit at the end of every mission. So, like, <laughs> if you shoot off a bunch of rounds from your gun, those yeah. are expensive, and those will chip off what you're you're being paid at the end. So it's like a lot of players saying, like, yeah, I learned to use, like, exclusively bladed weapons just to wow. keep my ammo costs down. Precision, uh, collateral damage, I will not be charged for this. No Sokovia cords coming at me. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's it really like to be a mercenary mech pilot? Find out. <laughs> It turns out my feet flames burned down an entire village. I should never launch again. Oh, that was bad. That's a few million. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I killed an animal sanctuary with my feet Feet flames? Jesus. I don't know. Uh, uh, so what are you most excited to see in the coming months? Or what are you most excited for that's already been announced? Let us know. Go to VidGameApocalypse.com and answer into the comments for episode 525. Alternately, you can hit us up on the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer. Or ping us on Twitter, at VG Apocalypse, and we will read answers on next week's show. Anyway, that's been our show. Greg, uh, Greg. is there anything? We, we need to go out with some plugs. Is there anything that you would like to direct people to? Yeah, there is. Um, so, some of you guys may remember I, I translated uh, an old Sega Saturn game yes. with, a, with a team of people and um bulk slash yeah bulk slash which came out in 2021 i mean our, our translation came out in 2021 hmm. we've done another one also for the saturn Ooh. called stellar assault double s oh, i love that game. uh it's a it's a 3d first person space shooter um it's a sort of a remake of a 32x game it's um it's better than that was but um it's mm. uh, it's a great Saturn showpiece. If you're into the Sega Saturn, it's well I worth am. a look. Or just retro games in general. We it's it's like Bulk Slash in that it's a full dub of uh, the VO. The the game is full of VO. Oh, cool. It's, um, so we did. It's it was uh, there's about an hour of voice work in the game, um, which amounted to about 17 months of work. On the <laughs> wow. It was a this was a huge undertaking. I'm pretty burnt out, actually. Why don't you like let having... me play the Texan in the goddamn mech game, Greg? Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that would have been good. <laughs> but we, yeah, I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm happy with the quality. I'm really happy with how it, how it turned out. I don't know if I can ever do one of these again, though. <laughs> but uh, check it out. What's the title again? Stellar Assault Double S. And if people want to follow you on Twitter or whatever, Lacquer Leaks. Lacquer Leaks on Twitter. Lacquerware nice. on Twitch. Lacquerware on Twitch. And mm -hmm. I stream Monday through Thursday, 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern Time, mm -hmm. give or take. Hell yeah. Cool. Well, um, thank you again for joining us. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for yeah, having me. Thanks I, for being Matt. Well, he's away at magician practice yeah. again. <laughs> God, man. It's, it's magician camp. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> uh patreon.com slash laser times support this whole endeavor uh more stuff coming soon 30 2010 this week not as not the crazy marathon that it was a week earlier that was like one of the longest episodes we've ever put up hmm. but uh how else are you supposed I, very fun week holy shit i never thought i'd be able to talk about ted dancing in blackface uh, on any mm. other show, but it's one of the funniest instances. He's the only guy to survive blackface. <laughs> yeah, <Dancing>. pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and it did happen, and he said the N-word a lot. 
Well, his excuse was my girlfriend said it was okay. Well, he was <laughs> he was at a roast. My girlfriend Whoopi Goldberg. He was at his the roast, roast was of at. his yeah. girlfriend. Yes, and was trying true. to offend her, and she was tickled. She loved it. Mm. <laughs> she yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um. Anyway, patreon.com slash laser time. Uh, give us five bucks less or more. Anyway, Michael, take us out. Yeah. Uh, as always, you can visit us online at VigiGamePocalypse.com. Follow us on Twitter at VGApocalypse. Follow me personally on Twitter at WikiParas. It's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. That's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. I didn't say it.